Good evening. It's me and the guys. I'm scared now. Well, it makes an interesting reversal for most episodes that are all women. For the record, I am drinking tequila tonight. Well, I have a treat for you all this evening. Thank you for all being here. Has anyone spoken to P.S.? You want to cover your ears if you are. My God, there's no doubt in my mind this woman is from Baltimore. Hold on. Let's get her in the line here. Let's leave poor P.S. alone. She's trying to work on her thesis. No, she's done with her thesis. Oh, she's done with it? Yeah, she finished it. As she finished it, her speakers exploded. I had a bad day. No, you didn't. You you finished your thesis. I don't know what the f*** happened. Okay, you know she never swears until it's like this? Never. Seriously, the piece is very impressive. This is... My conversation with P.S. I said, you have a potty mouth when you're angry. She writes back, you bet your ass I'm f***ing angry. I only have like two more f***ing weeks that I can podcast this f***ing way. And I sure as don't want to get f***ed up. I'm, I'm like, just glad we've, we've, we've crossed the F, the F I'm like, barrier. I'm always reluctant to do that unless somebody else says I'm it. like, ah, oh, that, that does seem very serious. Can I just yeah. point out that a long time ago, back in 2007, a guy named Robert interviewed me for his little podcast. <laughs> All he did was say, your show is too long, 412 ways. But he pushed it kind of like Fox News, like some people say. <laughs> Your podcast is too long. What do you what say you to those people who say that? I'm like, well, we think it's fine. Really? You don't you think it's excessively long? No, no. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I just want to state that you just compared Spellcast to Fox News. Well, that's, yeah, I that's did. pretty awful. I did do that. I apologize. That, okay. So now, years go by. We become friends. So what, is, we what is that big Potterfic Weekly, PBS? I think we're, well, you've been calling us that for years. <laughs> oh, I just have to tell you, I was talking to a friend of mine who I haven't, I used to go to middle school with her, and we became Facebook friends. Oh, is this the BSG guy? This is the BSG one. Well, she sends me a thing saying, I walked by a professor's office tonight. You'll never guess his name. And I'm like, he has my name. Yes. He, How did you guess? You're at this college. Yes. He's the biology professor. Yes. How do you know this? I'm like, because I get his emails all the time. I went there. Like, I get emails from people all the time. How do you tell the difference between a boy frog and a girl frog? So finally, I've, I started answering the question. I'm like, support the hindquarters. And I, <laughs> so so we, we started chatting. And then... I got her to watch Lost and all these different things. So she's like, I really like Harry Potter. I'm so upset, though. There aren't more books. I'm like, yeah, that does suck. Fun story. I walked her through the story of how I finished Half-Blood Prince and Harry broke up Ginny. I was very upset. I wanted to read more. I'm like, and someone sent me a link. You're not going to believe this. There's a site out there where people write their own stories. She's like, oh, my God. Do you have the link? I'm like, wait, there's more. So I'm like, the whole thing. She's on like episode six already. We hold on to the wonder of that world through many pens And we'll never let go of all The ones we've made our friends And they'll say it's only a podcast But we know it's much more than that a community all of its own where we even have our own sorting hat 
Where the hosts are all our friends And the stall is told by Jen We'll always laugh before the end Part of it we please Where the story never ends Welcome back to Perfect Weekly. This is Ryan. I'm Sue. I'm P.S. This is Death Roll. I'm Aaron. And I'm Robert. And that moment of silence, there was Scott. Scott is playing the role of Helen Keller this evening. We can hear his parents in the background. We can hear the, the, the cement truck driving down the street. We can hear everything in the room except Scott. He's like Maris Crane. We cannot hear Scott. So Scott may be popping in a little bit later. Now, tonight, we're reading... Um, we have three Puff Was Left. We're reading Rebuilding Life by Keza. Aaron has it on his Kindle. It's so good. That's right. Story going through the chapters. I'm making notes. I'm like, I have just, my wife is at the, at her folks' house tonight, so I've got the place to myself. I got the little bachelor pad going, and I'm making notes on Harry Potter fan fiction, which is what you're supposed to do when the wife is away. Everything's going brilliantly, and then my phone rings, and it's the pick up your phone, pick up your phone, pick up your. Phone. It's Gen One. I'm like, all right. Now I answer the phone, and her response is, "Hello." That's the voice. The Jen uses, like, when my godchild needs my bone marrow and I need to fly to Texas and, like, hang on to the wheel of the plane to get there faster. I'm like, what happened? She's like, you're never going to believe what just happened. So she gives me the beginning of the story, and I stop her. I'm like, Jen, <laughs> Wait, I have I heard <laughs> many stories. I've heard many stories. I feel like I could teach a college-level course on your life, and... I would give, like, examples at every class. I would set up a scenario and then say, my, my students, what would Jen do? And this is the perfect Jen story I've ever heard. So we're going to play the setup for you. And I've gathered Robert and all of Jen's friends here. And we're going to decide what would Jen do, all right? I was watering my porch. I was trying to clean up all the dirt off of it. We painted three of the walls of our houses, so... And then we got lazy and just, you know, we'll do it tomorrow. And then, like, four weeks passed. So so we have to paint the back of our house and our porch area that's covered. And so I'm sitting there watering, thinking this is the best way to, like, scrub up the dirt. So, so anyway, you're watering I'm, your house. You're watering your I'm house. I'm watering the house. I am. Well, and I got water in the windows because I forgot that the screens. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was a pain. Okay. But anyway, so while I'm watering the house, this my next door neighbor, this really swell guy, he, his name is Jason. Well, it could he be worse. His like, name could have been Jason while he was still alive. So, Well, he decides that he's going to climb up this tree and, like, chainsaw the dead branches off because apparently you have to chainsaw the little branches off before you just timber the, the tree down. Hold on. I want to so try and guess this. He's not using a ladder. He literally, like, monkeyed up the tree and, like, sit there with the chainsaw. So you're watering in your house, your next door neighbor is chainsawing a tree at a high altitude, and you're calling in a Jen story, right? And literally, it happened in slow motion. Hold on, stop. Don't finish that sentence. Don't finish that sentence. Don't finish that sentence. All right, so okay. he's, is he up in the tree? He's up in the tree. With a chainsaw. With a chainsaw. And you're watering your house. Yes, I'm watering Hold the Hold on, I want to think about this for a second. Our fellow Pofuanians, you have known this woman for three years. You are advanced students. Reflect for a moment. How does this story end? 
So Jen's on the ground watering the house. He's up in the tree with the chainsaw. And a Jen story is about to happen. What happens next? He saws off the branch he's sitting on. All right. Jen hits the guy with the water from the hose. Like, he scares her, and he gets blasted with water, and he somehow, like, cuts himself, like, a branch off the tree. And then the tree branch falls on her house, and, like, her house now has a tree in it. Uh I think that the chainsaw will be cutting the hose at some point. That's very good. I like that. (laughs) And uh, then something will happen. Scott says that the branch lands on her head and or the hose. I was thinking that along the same lines of Aaron, that the fellow is going to drop this chainsaw at some point. It's going to cut the hose and water is going to be going everywhere uncontrollably, leading to further hysterics. That'd be fun. Oh, Scott! Oh my god, we hear Scott! Hi! Oh my Yay! god! He actually Yay! sounds like the voice of God. He's like, hello! <laughs> and Scott says on the phone. God is Canadian. Alright, Sue, prepare the fire. Stupidly enough, and I don't know anything about wires or anything, but his tree kind of rounds Oh no, the gun. wires. He's in the cut wires. Open the wires and you're gonna you're gonna pour water and you're gonna electrocute your next door neighbor. <laughs> That's not exactly what happened. <laughs> no, what did you do? <laughs> no. Okay. So he's up there cutting wires and all of a sudden I hear this like thunder crackling sound and I'm like what the heck and I turn around the guy he clipped one of the branches when he cut with the chainsaw the the one of the wires the other part of the tree like started falling over like into my yard and so so I like screamed and like went oh my gosh and like he's sitting there hanging from his overalls at this point. One of the other sticks like went through the back of his overalls, so he's just like hanging there with the chainsaw in his hand. Like he slipped. Like when this tree fell, he fell, and like the branch went through his overall top, and like so he's dangling there. And like he's, he's dangling like, with a chainsaw, and you have a hose. Yes. So I go, oh my gosh, and I drop the hose, and like it lands on the chair. And, like, I get totally soaked here. Like, I'm just, it's, like, in a four-and-a-half-second thing. And I'm like, ooh, it's so got, like, water in my face. And, ooh, and so, so I'm like, just hold on, hold on, hold on. And I'm thinking, I'm going to go and, you know, I call some, and I'm like, and so I'm like, where is my phone? Because whoever knows where my phone is. And, like, You're so I'm, like, only looking chance. around. I'm looking around, and I'm like, help, help. And, like, there's nobody around. Like, this poor is hanging from his overalls. Okay, well, apparently his weight pulled the tree a little bit further to where it pulled the electrical wire that went to my house for electricity, and he popped the wire. It unplugged from my house. Like, apparently this is a huge, big thing. And, like, so this, like, wire is, like, snaking around my And, like, I'm going... <laughs> this was where I made the mistake. Um, I went, oh, my gosh, the grass is going to catch on fire. Because <laughs> we learned a couple weeks ago, an electrocution is nothing to joke about. So we just on the same side. I pick up the water hose, and I go, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, it's gonna, my, my yard is going to catch on fire. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the water. <laughs> and he's going, no, no. Oh, 
live electrical wire, a guy in a tree with a chainsaw, and you're going to spray everything down with water. So, okay, I go, okay, okay, I won't use the water hose. I'm like, it's still on at this point. I sit on the floor, and I'm, like, running over to his yard, and, like, because I ran outside the gate, like, the wire's at the back of my house in the yard, so I run around the front because I don't want to get hit by the electrical wire. And, like, it's, like, hopping around, like, I'm sure everything's going to catch on fire. And so my immediate concern is, oh, my gosh, it's going to jump, and, like, it's going to hit this guy. Like, and he's completely stuck. So he's like, I'm going to throw the chainsaw down to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's still turned on. Jen with a chainsaw. (laughs) 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 chainsaw I'm like, what? (laughs) He's like, I'm going to go down. I'm like, okay. He turns it off and like, and like, okay, so he throws it down and of course I miss and it just like crashes to the ground because I can't catch anything. Anyway, okay, so then he's like hanging there and he's like trying to like pull up, but it doesn't matter because just the limb is like through his overalls and like the weight of his body is not breaking this limb. So I'm like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like... I guess I could climb up and, like, chainsaw that branch that you're on, even though I'm, I don't even know how you turn a lawnmower on, much less a chainsaw. Anyway. 911 not occurred to you. What? Call 911. We, we were, like, seriously, all this happened so fast. I was so afraid that I saw the branch that he He was going to get electrocuted. Like, seriously, I'm afraid of, like, fire and everything. So my first thing is I've got to get this guy down. Like, safe mode comes into Jen, and I'm like, well, what are we going to do? So he goes, he just sits there, and I'm like, scissors, we need scissors. So, like, literally, I, like, make a mad dash over to my house, and I get my sewing scissors, and I'm like, I'm going to throw them up to you. So, of course, he misses because I can't throw with the damn. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to climb the tree. I like flip flops because I don't own any other shoes. So I flip flops, climb, climb this tree. I've got like eight scrapes. You should see me on black and blue. I'm like, I end up, I cut the guy's overalls where the straps were, and he's like holding on to the bar. And like, so anyway, so we I cut him. We both get down safely. So cut his clothes like, off of him in the tree. I, I, cut his clothes off. I have a question: Who moved in first, you or him? They they've lived there longer. I than wonder if had. they knew what they were in for when you moved into the house next door. Probably not. So like, he runs in and like calls nine one one, and like the fire department comes and all this stuff, and like. And I, and then like I was like the water <laughs> I was like wasted two hundred gallons of water by this point. <laughs> so it's like a big muddy hole now by my porch. <laughs> That's what you get when you water your house. <laughs> That's what you get when you water your house. Oh my god! Do you want a podcast tonight? I think we could use you. <laughs> well, the problem now, Ryan, is we don't have electricity. <laughs> to get, like, a new plug-in or something. So and, you like, can't even plug your phone in? No, like, we're at mom and dad's because I was like, the milk's going to spoil. Okay, to be fair, uh, I missed the bit about the wires when you were explaining the scenario. She us. didn't give me mm-hmm. that yet. Uh, she had, I stopped her there. Yeah, she didn't give me that part yet. So okay. She was apparently going to shoot the live wire with the hose. <laughs> all, all I can think is 
you know, what was the very first incident where Jen saw the final destination here? Because she just has more near-death experiences and everyone around her is in danger of dying. I think it's when she was five years old. And she, no, I'm and sorry. She the, no, she set five square on. miles on, fi- on fire of yeah. Texas and her father had a heart attack and she almost blew up a... Um, the gas tanks. Yeah, she almost blew up all the mobile homes. I think that was the first one. I think so. Five years old. My God. She was helping her dad burn the garden and she was supposed to have watered around it. Yeah, she you wandered around the garden and her exact response was, well, I didn't know that. I was five. So I just lit the match <laughs> and the whole thing went up. And my father had his first heart attack that day. Ryan uh, sent me a Skype yesterday asking me if I could podcast it. And I was like, okay, sure. Uh, I was on the schedule and uh, I hadn't reread the chapters yet. So I go, so I go to my Kindle, uh, which, is my, which is my favorite electronic device. Do you have an have iPad yet? Anything. I do not have an iPad yet. Okay. I probably won't be getting one for a while. Okay. I have played around on it for quite a bit, and let me tell you, that is a pretty awesome piece of technology there, sir. P.S. would like to talk to you after the podcast. Pretty awesome. No, I'm not getting that. I'm getting the other thing. You're getting an iPhone. Yes. Okay. Don't let me forget, or I'll buy the wrong thing. With, how do you actually Well, it would buy be it? very hard to confuse That's like, the two. It's very hard yeah, to you're going to be walking around talking into an... Uh, actually, I think I could actually see you doing that. Uh, can talking you into a clipboard, that? essentially? Yeah, yeah. I could see uh, that. Do you like angry? It's a very good Jesus Christ. All right, carry on. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, there had been a, a, a thing where they had, where you guys had skipped a week for podcasting, and so I wasn't sure if the dates that were still on the master schedule were accurate or not. And episode 110 hadn't been crossed out yet, which is chapters 22 to 29. So I was like, hmm, is it chapter 22 to 29 or is it 30 to 38? And I rolled the dice and I reread 30 to 38, so I'm good. These are actually some of my favorite chapters, the, too. So. These are also my favorite chapters, awesome. too. Let me even just say this. The thing that Keza does so well is she doesn't have, like, the typical type of story that has, you know, here's the classic plot, here's the bad guy, here's the murderer, here's the, the whatever. And while everyone's trying to solve that, you know, problem of the week, they have these little character moments and they kind of deal with the aftermath of Voldemort and everything. It's basically like a year in the life of Hogwarts and it's just ordinary people doing ordinary things but there's angst spaced out over it that when you know bill is the source of angst and then when you you fix bill percy is the source of angst and then when you fix percy it's dickhead who is this dickhead kid that thinks he's uh, mclagan no (laughs) is it mclagan like like it's uh Bro- it's Brogan McLagan, I think. Yeah, well, yes. it's supposed to be his younger brother or something, or a cousin. His cousin. Well, P.S. started it tonight. Permit me if I call him Dickhead. And then you've got <laughs> Dickhead to deal with. And then you've got Harry and Ginny and their angst. And then you've got the cat in the hat, who is the stupidest cop ever. And you've got, like, it, it, I think she does a really good job because I really enjoy stories that have that level of angst because I obviously want to stick around until it's resolved. And it's like one after another after another. <laughs> And I and it's it, it's it's just I think I prefer that to the, having the artificial bad guy of the week and and all that stuff, which is somewhat forgettable. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I will respect your opinion because no. I can see where you're coming from. Now, what is your alternate take to it? Well, it's good stuff. In parts, I feel the angst is definitely overdone, uh, but we'll get to specific examples as we go through the chapters. Mm-hmm. As far as there not being a real big bad guy there's something going on behind the scenes i haven't figured out what it is yet but there yeah. is something going on and are, you, I can't are, you, to, are you read up to 38 and you haven't read i have read on? up to 38 and i didn't even get all the way through 38 i was working on that yeah there's something going on behind the scenes it's going to be a big reveal when it happens 
and I'm waiting for it. There haven't been enough clues to let us know what it is, just that something is going on. Well, we're getting little hints because obviously mm-hmm. now I I can't recall the I'm, I'm I swear to God I have like a like a brain malfunction and I can't remember proper names or names of pets. But the thing, the, okay, um, what the hell is it on Star Trek? What do they call the um, Klingon? animals the the um the targs, targs. Remember the targs? okay yep. hagrid has a targ all right <laughs> yes he does hagrid has a targ <laughs> who like eats the gryffindors so we've got the targ <laughs> that came from the unplottable island how did it get there who gave it to hagrid like you'd think he would stop picking up pets at the hogshead or you think that the aberforth would have a no pets policy at this point but apparently not so you've got the you've got the well, she no business egg, she have a no well, eggs policy really exactly that, yeah, that's what because... the trouble is Eggs. Because Alberforth would be very upset if he couldn't have his goats. Oh, there, that's so. true. Yeah. They found a legitimate loophole. I like touché, that. Touche, Sue. Touche. Ten points to Hufflepuff. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? What the hell is a ten points to Dumbledore? <laughs> <laughs> ten points to Dumbledore. I'd like to point out that a few weeks ago, we're like, Death Roll, have you read that? I still haven't managed to get all I the way through. I still don't know what you're talking about. The Harry Potter musical. You have to watch it. You've it's never so seen the Harry Potter musical. It's insane. Yes, if only wow. for Quirrell and Voldemort. All right, if they're only for P.S. They're Slash. Quirrell and Voldemort are the best. Yes, they're Slash. What kind? Quirrell, Quirrell Voldemort. and Voldemort. Oh, that's not that interesting. Oh, yeah. oh it well, is. Really yes, it is. It, it is. condenses all seven years into one story. I was thinking, Ryan, what's, what's stopping us from doing a Poofo exchange on that? Let's do, we honestly, did a Poofo exchange on it. Well, let's okay. do ours too, and we can release them all together. But I think well, there we, we go. Have, I think we should. I would absolutely love to do that. And I actually have. Yeah. There's three things so far. There's how did the Targ get to Hogwarts? How did the Targ get to the Gryffindor common room? And what the hell is up with the, with Gryffindor's room? The I didn't yeah. like Gryffindor's room. I I really gotta say I didn't like it. I've seen it before. It's always badly done and. I read it happen, and I was like, Keza, no, you didn't. Oh, I don't know if there's more that come to the... There is more. If it's something where, like, the Targ and the Gryffindor room and everything kind of pulls together into a coherent plot, that's fine. The first story I ever read was, it was Ginny and the Fifth Years or whatever. I think it was a six-year story. So it was was Colin and Ginny and all of her made-up friends were uh, going down to the kitchens, and they found the original room when Hogwarts was a one-room building, you know, apparently. The one-room schoolhouse. It was the one-room schoolhouse. They found the original room, and and that was the the, the focus of all the, and and like Voldemort was hiding in there and all this, they found everything. (laughs) So it reminded me a little bit of that. And like, all I could picture too was... The thing I'm loving about this fic is I've read 43 different versions of Molly, 43 different versions of Harry. I've read Ron being a prick, Ron being a big prick, Ron being a giant prick, Ron being... We've read one version of Ron. Yes, but you know what it is? It's like... I, I understand the fact it's different variations of the characters and different authors and different takes and different... Re- but, like, on some level, you have to picture it's the same actors and it's, like, Groundhog Day for them and they keep going through the same routine over and over and over and over and over. And it's like yep. that movie, uh, Defending Your Life, where if you don't get it right, you have to keep going back again and again and again and they're going to put you on trial and they're going to review every moment of your life like we do and then we send them back and then Ron has to do it all over again. Seriously. So I'm at the point now where, you know, this is one of the last fix we're going to be... I'm going to be doing for a while, then the peons are going to move forward. So this is my last real puffwa fic uh, uh, you know, of Harry Potter, and I have to feel they're starting to get it. Like, Ron's like, you know what? I want you and Ginny to just be happy yeah. together. And Molly's like, mm-hmm. you know what, Harry? I would be upset last year if you slept with my daughter. But you know what? Things now are I'm different okay this year. You. That's okay. Good luck. Do you need some condoms? I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like no, the, she would 
She would not offer condoms. She wants grandchildren. Yeah, that's true. Well, I love the part where, where Jenny's like, Mom gave me a talk about how not to get pregnant. Do you really think this woman is qualified to have that conversation with me? Jesus Christ, she had 12 kids. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? So, I mean, th- yeah. I have to feel like the characters are starting to mellow and they're starting to laugh. And it's not like the implausible ones where Molly is either sending Jenny off to, ma- you know, with her sexy underwear to Harry's room. Like, it's not like the weird stuff it's just you know what you're adults i have to make beef stew like i love you dearly like that well, I, the characters have finally grown up enough yeah and it's mm-hmm. it's, it's nice yeah. to read the story where it's just they all kind of get it and they're all kind of fine and no one's being overly pretentious and, and everything just kind of it, it just is and it's it's a it's a really nice way to go out because i have to feel like molly fa- like think back like the montage of molly's we had the molly in after the end who didn't want jenny to go off to school we had the molly in uh, nightmare of futures past who who accepted harry's mortgage payments but wouldn't let him buy jenny clothes without holes in them do you remember that we had mm-hmm. the molly who just frowned all the time remember remember the frowning like <laughs> from a backroom purpose backroom with purpose she was just frowning all the time and like i'm just like all right drawing her lips into a line she, and then she was like the first lady in, in in um power of truth she was the first lady but she was harry's maid and she had alice's blue outfit that she borrowed from george from paradigm <laughs> it's just like she's finally just gotten it and she I love it. She brings Harry home. She's like, where are we going? We're going home. home. She brings Harry and you home. will not argue. Yeah, we're, it, I didn't even take it that it was like a command. It was just, we're going home. I'll tell you home. what, you're, you're right about that, and I think Ron and, and, and Molly are great examples of that, but I think Harry in this one is just the absolute, the stereotypical, blames himself mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. is, yep. te- you know, he's self selfless to a fault. Yeah, Dickhead's giving him a hard time, you know, because he's responding, why didn't he end the war He makes sooner? the comment, when he, he, he didn't even kill him properly the first time, are you kidding me? He was one year old. <laughs> exactly. And, and Harry, and Harry's like, <laughs> he, well, he didn't he kill him properly, like, it lasted 11 it years. Exactly. That's not bad for a kid who pooped his pants on a daily basis. That's pretty yeah, successful. Yeah, <laughs> Do you wonder if Harry had a full diaper when Voldemort... Uh, yeah, I think when he shot him, he, he pooped his pants. Wouldn't that, would that be just... It's like the know, untold first. story of, 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 of Halloween night, 1981. Yeah, Sirius shows up on uh, on Halloween, the house is destroyed, and there's Harry with the smelly diaper. <laughs> oh, no, no. Hagrid, change. could you see Hagrid trying to change him? Uh-huh. Sirius walks up, and he's about to take him, and, and Sirius is like, don't worry, Harry, I've got the whole plan. I'm going to open a bookstore. I'm going to hang with Remus. <laughs> We're going to spend a lot of time together. You're going to be happy. You're going to have a little frog. Everything's going to be, oh, is that diaper need? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, I'll be back in ten minutes. And then Hagrid walks up, <laughs> scoops him up. They take him to the police. All the thing is that. That's awful. Stealing Harry that is I'm going to go find Peter, Harry. I'll be back. <laughs> That's awful, right? I think I think it's just down to the poop of Harry Potter. Um, now, where was I going earlier? It was. I have um, no idea. It's hard to know. They all got it right. It's all the same actor as Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day, except Harry, because Harry, like you said, never gets it. And the one who doesn't well, re- get it at all is the- Ginny. But it's really well done with her because she's got some issues going on, which I think is really well done. You mentioned the mm-hmm. Groundhog Day. P.S. I just had to bring this up. At one point, I, I have in my notes. Let me find it. But Harry learns a lesson. Good for him. Did it stick? What, what lesson did he learn? Let's see. Uh, it's in chapter thirty-six. Um, okay. Harry has gone to the hospital wing after being attacked by the Targ, mm-hmm. and my notes literally read as follows: Harry is a good little boy and does exactly as he is told for Madame, and he gets to go. play in the match on Saturday. 
Yay, he okay. learned a lesson. <laughs> the, the lesson is Poppy should be sued for malpractice. Are you kidding well, me? She has. She told him that if he felt pain that he was just, he needed to stop. And she like took him off a ventilator and stuck him in a football game. That was ridiculous. That was so terrible. <laughs> he could have been killed. Like this is coming from but me. But he wanted to play. He wanted to play. Well, I thought it was nice that... Humphrey was finally starting to mellow and realizing, you know what, this kid's tough. He he can handle a few bumps and bruises, but being attacked by this well, beast he, that you don't even know where it comes from. He, got, he, he got died and came back, so I guess I guess they're willing to try everything. Well, I do enjoy the references through the chapters. Harry, this is really dangerous. Hermione, I already died. Well, it reminds me of just Dumbledore from the Harry Potter musical. He's oh, Jesus Christ, Granger, I thought you were my bogart. I'm terrified of you. He keeps walking. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. It's like, leave me alone. Jesus Christ. But, can you imagine someone's bogart being Hermione? I can imagine it. I can imagine being Harry's part of I think of it's snake. Melinda Leo's bogger. Anyone else think that? <laughs> oh, speaking, yeah. of, speaking of Melinda, mm-hmm. um, I, I think we need to coin a, 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 a term here for something that happens in fan fiction that Keza was guilty of in this fic. I think we need to coin, I'm going to call it the Melinda, Uh and it's when you profess to love Harry as a character, and yet you... Blow off his kneecaps? Reducto his kneecaps, or you have him attacked by a quintiped. Because seriously, (laughs) attacked by a quintiped, (laughs) fell down the stairs and banged his head so hard that he lost consciousness. Seriously. Yeah, bitten so badly, he's lying in a pool of blood. He opened a vein. Bigger than Draco's in Half-Blood Prince. Yeah. And Ginny is... is, They wouldn't let her near him. A couple of major points here. She was covered in his blood. When you're testifying against Poppy and her medical review board, here's the deal. He was so badly injured when you sent him out to play that Draco Malfoy... Had he even said, I'm gonna, t- about I'm gonna take it easy on you because you don't look well. That's not a <laughs> well. I'll tell you what it was: is that Keza felt that she she had just gotten Harry laid, and he needed to suffer for that. Off because- screen, off screen. I kept backing the tape up. <laughs> You were like, did I like skip a chapter or no, something? No, because you know what the thing was? We were complaining. It was actually Death Roll doing it, but I'll, I'll make it like a communist thing and say we were all doing it. Cause okay, okay. I th- originally, he was saying that you know Keza writes every single scene and every single bowel movement and writes everything. And Keza's like, yeah, yeah, I did do that. But she said it with an Australian accent. So I'm starting <laughs> yeah, this one. Yeah, I did do that. Yeah. Yeah, well, except a woman and, you know, hot yeah. hair. So, so yeah. this Sorry. happened. I, I sing bass. I don't do female voices. I know. Voice you really can't well. do it. You can't carry it off. So then you have. I the did theme. do that. Yeah. I did. So so now you have the part where we're going to bring up the angst bit about how, what's her name, Lavender Brown's uncle with a weird name, like Socrates. Moses. 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 It was a big, I, I remember there was one of the big four. So Uncle Moses wants to put all the werewolves in jail. And Harry is very upset. He's very upset about learning this. And he's going to take care of this. And then he's at the Dursley's house. And what happened? Where was the scene? No, I actually looked it up on my phone. I pulled up, sink into your eyes, on my phone to see if I missed a chapter when I copied it to my iPod. So it took like 20 minutes for the thing to come up. Because you know the picture with Harry and, and, and Ginny's Jenny. like holding yeah. them. From, it takes 20 minutes to load on my phone. So I'm That's waiting there. Yeah, and it, so I didn't <laughs> miss anything. I'm like, oh, 
apparently we missed that bit. So then, you know, I go through the Dursley thing, and, and we didn't miss anything. Then Harry's going to the ministry to testify, and he's, like, at the ministry, and he's waiting for, like, Luna to show up, or Neville, or Molly's coming to pick up Teddy. He's or, waiting for Andromeda's whatever. Andromeda's showing up, and then he's talking about Hogwarts, and then you're back at Hogwarts, but it's like the scene where where Hedwig is back from the dead flying around, and the seasons are changing. I'm like, what happened to the meeting? <laughs> then you're back at the meeting? Okay, that was the flashback, so we haven't gone into the... Okay, I'm ready for this meeting i can't wait for them to kick moses ass and then it's like two weeks later it was yeah, not a great it's, meeting it's off screen yeah, yeah it, but it was disconjoined for me I, I can understand not writing that scene in particular because it's supposed to be filled with all sorts of legalese and i can imagine it would be incredibly technically difficult to write not to mention boring to read with all yeah. the legalese well it's much more fun to come in i wanted to read it it would be very interesting to see her take on how wizards do things. Well, no, it is. I want to see wizard law doing stuff. I think the, more than it being. I want to see the law or the lack thereof. Well, here's the problem, yes. though. Every time we talk about politics in the forum, has anyone else noticed Kez's eyes glaze over? And she's like, "Can <laughs> yeah. someone explain it to me? Like I'm five. So maybe she's like, and then her mind. You walked in the room and she did all this legal crap, and everything worked out fine. Like <laughs> moving on. <laughs> and then she gets drunk. Then she gets drunk because that's yes. that's what she likes to have characters do in this. No, she even mocked. She even Getting mocked drunk is a plot device. She mocked the fact that <laughs> Harry gets drunk at Hogwarts. Legal disclaimer, in fact, that was Rinna that did that. Rinna, Keza, they're practically interchangeable. She, she gets the two most uptight characters drunk in this chapter two, and it's hilarious. Mm. Hersey, yeah, Hersey is a lightweight, apparently. <laughs> and then, well, of course, because he, he does one tankard drink. and just falls over. And what what was the was line cute. I'm thinking of here where it's like, remind you got drunk and felt up Harry. And he's like, what? He felt up Harry and asked him how he was in bed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Hermione, drunk Hermione was pretty hilarious. Oh, I was, was laughing. <laughs> well, then my favorite bit is that Percy hasn't touched Penny in seven years, and he's wondering why they're having issues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And she called him boring, and I was like, duh. She thinks I'm having an affair with Stella, and I'm sorry. All I can picture for Stella is Hermione's secretary from <laughs> from Paradise. <laughs> Stella, I'll be back in an hour. And she jumps out the twenty second floor. Out the, the window. That's right. That's all I can picture on that one. Good times. Yeah, so I did notice that, that Keza was very hard on Melinda Leo for making Harry get drunk at Hogwarts. Underage drinking and Kool-Aid! And then Hermione comes up and she's like throwing up in the rose bush. Again, just to avoid the libel suit, Rinna said that, not Keza. Keza has hot hair and Rinna shows up drunk to the season finale, so it kind of all evens out in the end. Bye! Well, it's okay because Hermione's of age. It's her birthday. Yeah, it's true. Well, no, well, she's, Hermione's 19th birthday, I think. Well, yeah, is, she's well over age. At some point, it strains credibility that you can go to a school, and the school can be attacked by Turkish rebels, and you can, like, help assist the government, you can, like, shoot, you can take them on in hand-to-hand combat, using, it's like Captain Kirk and the Gorn, you construct a rudimentary cannon from things you find in the cafeteria, and, you know, and then it's over. Alright, everyone in bed by eight, class in the morning it's like what like so at some point they've gone through so much that you're like really you have to be in bed by nine really Uh, you lived in a tent for an entire year and your your family was hunted like dogs but really we're gonna give you a detention if you're not and i understand that's that's the universe but there's some points i'm like it's like when harry at the end is trying to get Ginny's attention and that's the only thing that matters really you have a detention gets a bet no i'm sorry you you have to take the side of the school down who has notes (laughs) because jen got stuck in a tree, so I stopped taking them. <laughs> okay. Well, the Are very gonna... first thing is that Gen 2 gets a mention, which is fun. She's Yeah, because she's the beta, beta on this. 
Only it's GBTSO all the time, and I'm what the hell? He's a Hufflepuff. I couldn't figure out what that meant for a while, and then she actually put out her full name, and I was like, oh, well, that's somebody I know from uh, Psy, and I never put the connection that that was Gen 2. I mean, obviously I know that now, but at the time I was like, who the hell is this person that she keeps plugging Yeah, obviously, I think, because I think when she came to Puffwa, she just identified herself as Jen, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, that will be- <laughs> We can't uh, have another one. Mrs. Huggles has returned to Huggles Manor over here, and she's looking over the dishes that I dried earlier this evening. And you can tell out of the corner of her eye, she is inspecting them all for, like, signs of food left in the corners. She's using a black light and making sure that there's no, like... Yeah, she's got, like, the black light they use on Dateline when they check the hotel rooms for semen stains. Did you do it right, Ryan? How'd I do, honey? Everyone wants to know. She's, like, wringing stuff out. Like, I didn't properly dry them. That's the purpose of the the dry. Okay, I'm getting a bad look right now. Harry got a look like this. Yes, you are. Harry got a look like this. Yeah, Harry got a few looks... There was some there was some stuff going on in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Well, Harry's a doofus. He even like said he's, he's one step below Ginny best of luck in life at one point. I can't understand why she's so upset with me. <laughs> I want her to have luck in life. What's wrong with that? Well, the, both of them are extremely stupid throughout Incredibly these chapters. Incredibly dense. Well, she's usually smarter than this, so you can imagine this is like the, the, the impact of. They're both usually smarter than this. I'm sorry. There, there were some, there were some really infuriating parts. There was one of my least favorite conventions, which is where they're both talking about something different, like when they're talking. Yes, about, that yeah. scene confused the hell out of me. It, it, I, I knew what was going on just because it's used all the time by people, but it was. I, I, there well, were times I, when I was like, some of this doesn't actually fit for both of these things. And I actually yeah. had to, I was actually I, I, talking to Keza in real time as I was reading that, and I actually thought it was something even completely different than it was, because it's Ginny pissed at George. Was she pissed at George for getting drunk all the time or for messing around with Angelina? For messing around with Angelina. For messing around with Angelina. Not, I, not even messing around with Angelina, but messing around and then leaving her without right. a note. And I thought at that point that Ginny was pissed that Harry went to see Lavender. Because when he said, I'm going to see Lavender, she almost got jealous of that. So I'm like, maybe she thinks that he's talking about Lavender, and that's why she's getting jealous. I'm like, but why would she think Harry has a thing for Lavender Brown? So it wasn't making sense to me. And I thought it was like a who's on first thing going back and forth. So I was actually a little confused by because no that was it was that he was completely mistaking the thing but i also read into it that she was mistaking the thing as well and she seemed they to were, know what was going on he was talking about the bet that had been going on with her brothers i believe yeah that about when he would when then when harry and Ginny would do it and she was talking about george and angelina so when he said it had been going on since the summer she was like what that long and you know it, it just took yeah. forever for and it took forever for them to figure out what was going what was what they were talking about the whole thing was, was so long things. i had to read the, i read the first half of it three times trying to figure out what i had missed and what was going on because i couldn't figure out what either of them was and I'm walking around what happened to the meaning of because the ministry jenny just starts talking and she starts using pronouns instead of proper nouns and i have no idea what she's talking about well, the thing that got me was i read the last of the chapters and i finished them on like a monday night or a tuesday night i wanted to read the next set of chapters because I really wanted to see what was going to happen next after last week and I'm like no I can't do that because I'm going to get to the episode and I'm going to forget what the hell's happening or I won't be able to keep it separate and all this so I forced myself not to listen or read the story for like four or five days so then I picked it up again and it just starts with Jimmy pissed at Harry I'm like I can't remember what he did and Harry's like I can't remember what I did I'm like I know what you mean like, so I'm like trying to think I'm like all right, Harry wanted to save the war orphans, and Dickhead yelled at them, and he charged out of the... Oh, she's pissed because he's been gone a long time. 
Yeah, he left without telling you where he was going. He gets nailed a lot. For, yeah, that no, it's scene like, was great though when he when he apologizes because he's because he's he's smart and he he just says I'm sorry for being stupid and it works every time yeah. because he's always being stupid in this thing. Yeah, it's, it's a blanket. <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm Harry, sorry. Yeah, for Harry, what? Uh, being stupid. Harry goes to Target to buy Monopoly and Twister, and he comes back, and the Weasleys have like the helicopter searching the grounds for his corpse. <laughs> it's like, dude, get a cell phone. <laughs> they can call you. Where are you? Or get, a, get one of those Hogwarts. those uh, those porta flu thingies. Yeah, the pocket yeah, flu. Yeah, we need a porta flu. Pocket flu. Yeah, the from, uh, What is that from? Um, Different yeah, test of time. Test of time. Um, yeah, Can't understand either. God, I haven't seen. I haven't read that thing in forever. Yeah. Well, you should read it. Well, coming you on Firefly Weekly on. season four. Yeah. Oh, is that going to be on the the new? It's on the new schedule. We're recording Ooh. them right now. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, I might have to reread that. Yeah, the peons are so far more efficient than we are. <laughs> I have like... to read. I have to read our next fic for spellcast, though. It's a Snape, Hermione. I think ordinary people. I'd like to point out when we all began, you had spellcast doing their quiet little one shots of a Harry and Ginny and Ron Hermione using this lovely, and we're done in twenty minutes. And Puff was doing different things, and we're taking three hours, and everyone's like, "What are you doing? You can't do that!" And now they're like, "Next week, we're doing Remus Tree." Well, <laughs> yeah. then after Snape Hermione, we're doing Harry Luna. Ryan, how long was our last episode anyway? Spellcast. It was about two hours and twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The let me let me say. The part where Gwen is reading and uh, Robert's reading the summary is like an hour long. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> it's, awesome. it's awesome. How does a summary take an hour to read? Well, it wasn't just a summary. It was Gwen reading about f- four chapters of the fic as well. Have we given so we- Gwen a raise? I don't think so. I read fic and I don't get paid either. I'll give Gwen a hug for her troubles this summer when I see her at Infinitus. Was it Gwen I met? Who did I meet in Boston? You, you met you met Julia and Omli. Who was the spellcaster that you stayed with? That was Gwen. Yeah, that was Gwen. Okay, I didn't know the entire day that was Gwen. I just thought she was the person who gave really shitty directions. <laughs> because I'm driving into Boston and every road is closed. And Gwen gets on the phone and I'm like, wherever you are, you're from Boston. Guide me in. She's like, yeah, we got a call coming in on the other line. Good luck, buddy. And like slipped over. I'm like, what the hell? We picked a bad day for it because there was like a marathon going on. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Oh, yeah, that, that was bad. So, we ended up walking around the, the commons there for like, I don't know, an hour. I actually had to like drive home and like take the train and it was bad. <laughs> I was on the common for six hours yesterday. It was lovely. You betcha. Uh, so hey, this thick we're covering, I think it's called pick. Rebuilding Life. Back to Rebuilding Life by Keza. Where were anyone? We were talking about <laughs> Chapter thirty. We haven't actually yes, got past we have that. Oh, started crap, we haven't started the chapters. <laughs> uh, I, I will start with this. The way to a woman's heart is through her sweet tooth. That's right. Everyone's like, Yep, get her the chocolate. Yeah. I didn't even know what the chocolate was for because I'm like, what the hell? Is there a demand? Yeah. I was kind of with Harry no, too. I didn't even know what the chocolate was for. Do you want to know what I thought happened? I thought there was a dementor loose in the castle. Yes. No, I can even go back. But, it's like, but then I'm like, why well wouldn't dosed. anyone just tell Harry? He's the head boy, for God's sake. Well, just but no, why? Dumbledore left standing orders that if any harmful creature ever infiltrates the castle now or in the future, Harry Potter must not be told. He must be kept in the dark at all times. And I'm like, uh, then he gives her a chocolate frog, chocolate and she's frogs. like, I suppose that is acceptable. I'm like, yeah, this is just like, you greedy bitch. <laughs> no, I, I'm it's seriously confused. Can someone explain it to me? It's because she was going on her period, right? Yeah. Yes. And she just said, it's a way to control PMS. This How was another thing that oh, went that... on in this fic where they 
went on and on and like get her chocolate, get her chocolate, get her chocolate. Nobody explains it. Nobody explains yeah, nobody why chocolate. Why they are just bad. dropped tints and it's well, no, it is, and, and, no, and they're like, oh, you stupid, stupid, stupid man for not knowing why. It's not like it's the most obvious thing in the world. You no, just tell him people, once. People expect <laughs> Harry to have more real world experience. Like, he doesn't get to. Newly married guy over here. I'm here with Mrs. Huggles at the moment. Okay, during that special time of the month, do you expect me to bring you chocolate? If you did, and I brought you cheap chocolate, would you care? So you would care. So you you don't want chocolate, but if you get chocolate, it must be the good stuff. That's pretty much okay. She's not. You don't cheap out on chocolate. I'm being told. So if I gave you chocolate frogs, bad. But if I gave you one that smelled like what the hell, shampoo, conditioner, and like caramel, whatever the hell it was, that would be fine. <laughs> strawberries and strawberries caramel, and caramel with a hint of <laughs> lilac or something. I don't even know what the hell was in it. I think I'm getting divorced, my fellow point. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, smacked upside the head. She would prefer not to talk about her period anymore. Alright, have a good night. I love you. Well, I, I will be the dissenting opinion and say that I don't need chocolate. You, well, right now you need something. You're having a bit of a day. Can I can I drive you over Chinese? I had crimson minutes. I'm feeling a little bit better. Yay. <laughs> Danielle just said to me, and I quote, why don't you bring her a chocolate frog then? And I turn around and look oh. at her, and she's like, oh, snap. And she just went to bed. So <laughs> You are in the doghouse, I think I may have friend. to make up the couch tonight. I don't know what just happened. And she's laughing. I can hear her laughing. Much like Harry doesn't know <laughs> what happened. He's had a door slam. Did you hear that? Oh, my God. The- <laughs> Three episodes to go, and I lost it. All right. Okay, back to work. Yeah, so Harry loses it. And even after he brings her the chocolate frogs, he's like, well, I, I figured you'd like it. She's like, that's all right. You didn't know, you idiots. And she leaves, and she still doesn't she, tell him. She still does. doesn't know. And the console, <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, you need to get the right kind of chocolate. Don't get him. Don't get chocolate frogs. You need to get the good chocolate. And he's like, what? I don't understand. Tell they don't me. Think it's funny, so they don't tell him. Then Ron, like, mails Ginny chocolate. It's honestly, I think what happened was when she was about 13 years old, she sat all the men down. Okay, here's the deal. Once a month, I expect a payment package to arrive. You do not want to miss your payment. And, like, they still mail it to her. Miles and miles and different country. They mail her chocolate. Apparently Mm -hmm. it's worth it because she's a wicked bitch. She's telling people off for turning pages too loudly in the common room. She's become filch. Well, I yeah, I, I, I can I can see that happening to me. I, I sympathize with Jenny. Well, I can see that happening with you in the last two hours, and I have transcripts, P.S. I don't know what the f*** happened. Well, Harry's known yeah, her well, this long. Wouldn't we know by this point that Jenny turns into a raging bitch the third week of every month? Like it's like she's been he's been pretty much fine, and all of a sudden now it's like. Eh, 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 eh. I love the Dean and Seamus are even in on it. Speaking of Dean and Seamus, they're in this fic a lot. Hermione gave were. Dean dreadlocks at one point. Oh, yes. And Flitwick was worried because he thought she was really losing it and trying Transfiguration and Charms. And Charms. Yeah. Well, I loved the going back to the first year jokes. You're saying it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all laughing. And Seamus oh, is Shavis blowing, blowing things, things up. up. Yes. Yes. Yep. <laughs> And the professor apparently has a very sainted aunt. Oh, exactly. Thistle Whistle, whatever the hell his name is. He's walking around. Every time he sees Harry, he's like genuflex. <laughs> like, I'd, lo- I'd really like to see McGonagall during the, the hiring process these years. Like, the guy comes up with the cat on his head. All right, well, you're the best we've seen. So. That would make a great series. Of- <laughs> you're a discriminating bastard with a feline on his head. Can you start Tuesday? Like, I don't know. What the hell 
it should be a, a step in the hiring process. They should take like a giant picture of Harry and say, I show you this picture. What do you feel? <laughs> and I'm just... <laughs> it's like a, a Warshock test. <laughs> it's like you show them the ink blot. Harry Potter lying in a pool of blood. All right, you're hired. <laughs> Even at one point, Harry says, of course there's a dangerous creature in the school. They send them to kill me every year. <laughs> well, then Harry's a dipshit. Harry's like, all right. Everyone knows the story I read, the story that shall not be named, where mm-hmm. Harry is a Hogwarts professor in his sixth year, and he's the head of Gryffindor in seventh year, because they couldn't find a Defense Against Dark Arts teacher, and they figured Harry's the only person besides Lupin who's ever taught well anyway. We'll just hire him, and we'll t- yeah. he can be a professor at Hogwarts, even though he's still a sixth year. And then seventh year, um, Dumbledore must have croaked. He did. I remember it clearly. He died. Over the course of 23 chapters, it was like Mark Green on ER. It was terrible. So next year, McGonagall moves up to Dumbledore's position, so she needs a new Gryffindor head. So the choices are Harry or Hagrid. Yeah. And, and she picks Harry the because, ha- because Hagrid can't fit through the portrait hole. So now the Targ is loose in the dorm, and they're like, we've called Hagrid. I'm like, he's never going to fit through the door. That's all I can think. He's not going to fit through the door. (laughs) And then Harry's like, well, I'll go up and get the Targ and bring it down here where all the kids are because I am in a management (laughs) position. So Harry goes up the winding staircase and the Targ is like twitching. And like Dean, his dreadlocks are everywhere and he's like missing his other ear. Like he can actually donate the ear to George, but then he'll have like a biracial ear. So so he goes down. <laughs> what? And then the, but the, tar- the, the targ is twitching on the ground. Now shoot it five more times just for the hell of it. I'll never tell Peter you did it. But Harry's like, no, I'm sure it won't wake up. So he starts moving the targ down the stairs. But it's so narrow. He's like trying to go around the corner with the and he can't get the targ around the corner. Now, my thing is, how the hell was Hagrid going to get up the staircase? You can't even fit the targ down the staircase. He was just going to reach up over the railing and just pick it up yes. and lift it back over and without actually course, going up the stairs because he's that tall. Right. And then, of course, he's almost at the bottom. And Hagrid's like, hey, I'm so sorry. And the targ wakes up because it recognizes Hagrid's voice and yeah. rips yeah. Harry's throat yeah. apart. Well, then you know you're dying when you wake up and McGonagall goes like, Harry, tell me about your day. It's a bad sign. You're, t- you're a goner. Mm-hmm. The worst part about the Targ, though, is that its name is Monty. <laughs> yeah. Monty the Monty! Mommy's coming! Oh. Hagrid, Hagrid. Hagrid yeah. has not learned his lesson. No, no he has books. not. This was, talk about throwbacks to book one. This is like, it's like Norbert all over again. Oh my god. Like worse. Exactly. <laughs> well then drunk Hermione, Harry and I went to the astronomy tower. Ooh, remember that, Harry? <laughs> yeah. Oh. And Harry's she's response, like, don't worry. She's like, oh no, we didn't really do anything. Harry's response, uh, don't worry, we were eleven at the time. Oh good, <laughs> thank God. Male Nothing four. happened, I swear. Exactly. She's just so pissed jerk. And then she throws up on Harry. She does. Perfect. <laughs> well, I'm like, you're mm-hmm. never going to make it to the common room because anyone who's played the Order of the Phoenix game or the Half-Blood Prince Wii game knows just how long it takes you to get from the entrance hall yeah. to the Gryffindor Con. And it's like after 20 paragraphs of Hermione screaming and knocking over the vase and setting off the burglar alarm and all that stuff, they step her onto the first step. <laughs> you're not going to make it. You need to, like, silencio her or something. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, they're <laughs> going to have sex too, which is unfortunate. Well, then you go through the twenty-three. Remember um, Umbridge in Order of the Phoenix when she does her little montage walking around Hogwarts. They have all the montages of Harry and Ginny trying to have sex, but not. It's like they're they're trying to do it in the yeah, the Quidditch changing rooms. No, after that, um, it's. Uh, um, <laughs> That it, gave me flashbacks. Oh, the, to uh, Barb's prefect's trilogy. bathroom. Yeah, the oh, Barb's. Yeah, yep. yep. <laughs> so, you know, Both of those were gonna be flashbacks to Barb's trilogy. I'm picturing I'm Phil sure. just washing those banners over and over and over <laughs> and over again, trying to get like the the Ginny Weasley. Hair Here's stuff. exactly what my notes say: Harry plus Ginny plus changing rooms plus winter equals Barb's fic. Exactly. No, it's the um, it's it's the thing from Puffer Exchange where she, where Ren is going on about buckets of pine saw when they're when they're in the um cleaning closet or whatever the hell they're in yeah. when, when they're in there and they're, and they're starting to go at it in there and all of a sudden you look down and you see trevor looking back up at them <laughs> and then you hear neville and all the impressionable first years try that one try that one try that one and then you find out that not only are crab and Goyle gay and you never got any wind of it. It's like Captain Kirk and the Quadro Triticale from The Trouble with Tribbles. Like, everyone's yeah. heard of it but him. Everyone knows that Crab and Goyle are gay. Now Trevor, not only is Trevor gay, Trevor's getting more than Harry is. Yeah. Which I think well, is absolutely Trevor fantastic. Trevor is not gay because the other one is not, in fact, a boy. Oh, is that true? That's, yeah. that's, oh, Brian, I thought you were supposed to know how to tell the boy and girl part. Well, I didn't examine his hind quarters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we know it's true because Luna tells us. Oh, then it must, right. be, then it must be true. It's got to be true. Well, that, well then mm-hmm. you have Luna open the door. Hello, Harry. Hello, Ginevra. Ginevra, you may wish to button your top six buttons. Hello, Harry. Your crotch is open. Like, it's like... <laughs> Hi Luna, how are you? And it's like, and it's like the first year comes in. Will you help me find my frog? Sure, I will. Sign pats him on the head. Turn around. Harry just holds up a book. It's, like, it's the most awkward scene in the entire time. And then Harry like tries to push the frog out of the room, but it doesn't. You may not want to find your toad just at this particular moment. So they have that moment. They have the moment um, in the Quidditch locker room the first time. They have the moment the second time when Ron walks into them. And I've joked for three years about Ginny and Harry Potter, age 30, are announcing that she's pregnant with their first child and Ron walks over and slugs Harry. Slaps him, yeah. It's it's like Ron walks in and them half naked and the quidditch changing room. Hey, everybody, what's for breakfast? (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't even go there. And he's like hanging around. I I thought that was He's there a lot. And then they're getting mad at him for walking in on them. You're in the public locker room, you dipshits. Find a quieter place. And then, Seriously. Well, then when they found the Gryffindor room, and it's like the only people who can get in are Harry and Neville. I'm like, oh, yes. I can tell go. something is going to happen in this room. And then Ron flews mm-hmm. out with the flu powder. Well, <laughs> I love that. That, that was ridiculously hysterical. Can you picture Ron when he gets back to the common room? All right, Harry. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> really, just absolutely. I could just see him like looking at the the fireplace, looking at the bag of flu, looking at the fireplace, bag of flu powder, fireplace, bag of flu powder. But know what the thing is? They teach you that in your seventh year, and Ron decided not to go back to school, so Ron has a disability of education. <laughs> well, then they go through. I forget the order of the people who make it into the room, but they leave the flu powder out with the guy who can't get in. So yeah. now they're all trapped in there. Like, really, you people ended the war? 
Uh, I know it's pathetic. It's like group. Yeah. Well, they didn't know how the room worked yet yeah. to their to their defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but like, you definitely give the flu. No, I swear it was here. It was right in this. Room. Exactly. Well, then they get to the thing where they're in the room and there's another prophecy with Harry and Neville, and and they can discover the prophecy. Why don't we? Put, can we put that off till March? Can we do that? Because <laughs> we've got a hungry. lot. We've got a lot of stuff going on at the moment. Can we cover that later? Can we do that? I just thought that was hysterical. Can we hold off on that plot point temporarily? Well, there's a lot of interesting stuff to be discovered in this room. The little door had me thinking of Shrinking Potions and Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, oh, I was thinking Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the door when they first get there, and they walk to this little door in the back of the room. I say in my notes, as as I'm because I'm commenting as I go, I say, let me just guess what this room is going to be used for. <laughs> No unused classroom is good enough for Harry and Ginny, for they must have sex for the first time in the very special true Gryffindor room where only Neville could possibly walk in. What's that happen? They're gonna they're gonna be having their turnaround moment and they're gonna mm-hmm. look over and Neville and Luna are gonna be at the other end of the room. This is very yeah, and awesome. good for them. But what bothers me about this, and I see this a lot, you know, special rooms that only Harry can access and such, but Harry hates to be called out for being special. But he always seems to take full advantage of it if it means he can get some ass. Well, here's the thing. If you've been trying everywhere else in the damn school, I think at this point you're like, screw it. My point is it's very convenient. Harry just conveniently forgets he hates being special. I think if you're a 17-year-old or an 18-year-old guy who's been trying very hard to get with your girlfriend for three months, I think you'll be like, dude, whatever. It's like the West Wing where the president he hasn't been able to do it with the first lady for a while, and, they, and the doctors give the all clear, and he walks into the residence with her, and he looks at the Secret Service. He's like, it's very important. No one try and kill me in the next hour. Yeah, and he's but- been getting better about that in this whole fic. Like, there's the whole thing with using his celebrity to get the port key in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, just, he's, he's stopped being so neurotic about that. Mm-hmm. He's sort of given in. People are going to find him famous. It just sort of happens. True, true. Doesn't mean I'm any less irritated with the whole thing as a plot device. Well, for that purpose, I mean. The, the special oh, for that pr- for well, the every, Yeah, it's like sex. everyone knew. I, I had two predictions. One of them came true and one of them didn't. My first prediction was when they walked into this room, like, oh yes, there will be a king-size bed in here somewhere. <laughs> but number two was, I was waiting for Harry to just fly his broom up to Ginny's door. I didn't know if that would defeat the burglar alarm. Yeah, that's been done. Or I was waiting for Harry to like, blow through the ceiling, like directly under her bed or something, and just... Blow up mm-hmm. the ceiling and just drop her into his arms? Exactly. Yeah. That'd be mm-hmm. And he gets like the wrong room. Who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Luna! <laughs> exactly. Well, I think Luna is absolutely hysterical in this, because she's like, yes, Neville, we will have a relationship. I understand it won't last, but I can give... Su- Susan will be very... Not Susan, Hannah. Will be Hannah. very excited. Well, then there's a the point where Dean's dating Susan, and I'm trying to remember if that took place after the Puffwa thing with Susan, and I'm like, maybe she's very pissed at Susan Bones. <laughs> So I was trying to figure out where that took place in the whole timeline stuff. So yeah, so Dean gets shot on in this one. He he has Ginny, and then he loses Ginny. Then he's going out with Susan. That dies. Then he's back on the Quidditch team again, and he's obviously feeling like the man who got dumped, which obviously he was, and, and he gets that whole angle. But I thought that was actually interesting. He had that relationship with Ginny, which usually he's seen as like the placeholder for Harry. So even here, when Harry's injured, he's like, you gotta help Ginny do this. You gotta do this for Ginny. And it's, I think what Keza does really well is she acknowledges that Lavender and Ron have a past and it's not like in the movie where it's just goofy and awkward like he can put mm-hmm. his arm around her and joke because they dated and mm-hmm. vice versa. Although it wasn't like that necessarily at first it was no, very yeah. awkward with them they didn't know how to behave around each other. Don't you think that's normal though? It's like yes 
I think that's really cool. I'm, I'm not saying I disliked it. I'm saying I do like it. Well, it was really funny for me yesterday because um, the whole thing with the um, with the professor uh, has the same name as me. I posted that on my Facebook page, and someone posts on my page, oh, I had him. He's a great guy, almost as great as you are. And Danielle's looking at me. She's like, who is that who wrote that? I'm like, oh, it's this girl I used to date when I was in high school. And Danielle's like, really? So I'm waiting for Danielle to post on my Facebook page, who are you and why are you talking to my man? I'm like, <laughs> jealous much? So, no, not at all. <laughs> well, the thing that cracks me up is in her profile picture is she's nine months pregnant, so Danielle's like glaring at her. She's glaring at me. She's glaring. I'm like, it's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> but don't she listen to all those. Keza yet. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was with Keza at the time. It's not possible. To the Pufwa rumors, they're not true. Exactly. I sent Keza a message earlier tonight. She's like, I'm taking my awesome hair and leaving. I've seriously like raised her self-esteem 40 points, which is nice. And she's listening to this right now. Hey, Kay. So Ron has his little moments of backsliding in here. They first find the room, and he's like, I can't believe the last Gryffindor was a girl. And he's surrounded by girls and Harry. Girls. And Harry's like, so, look at that interesting beating over there. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that cracks me up is he's like, I don't even go here, and I'm getting into trouble. I like the way she handled the fact that Ron doesn't go to the school, but he's there every week. And he's like, hey, everybody, stop by for breakfast. We're having pancakes. <laughs> that was great to pay. Ron needs second breakfast. <laughs> He's just flewing in for the food. Yeah. Uh-huh. He is. Yep. Well, that's what I said in one of the previous episodes. I think it was last week. Ron is, in fact, a hobbit. <laughs> a very tall hobbit. A very tall a hobbit. Very tall I cracked up that there's a scene where Molly is commenting on how expensive certain vegetables are getting, so they're going to have to use substitute vegetables. Because here's the thing. For the Weasleys being poor, there's always a ton of food at this house. Like, we a dis- lot We discussed of- that as well. Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Of transfiguration. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's like transfiguring a table chair into bacon. 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 Editor, can we get the old Began Strips commercial about It's Bacon? It was on Peon Cast last week. Get it yourself. One of the caption pictures was Bellatrix Lestrange screaming something, and um, I think it was Wolfie captioned it with the um, bacon commercial. Oh my goodness, I must see this. It's in the Quidditch pitch somewhere. Okay, I am on a mission after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I also like Harry's relationship with McGonagall in these. The very first chapter, she, he's kind of sitting around because he doesn't know what to do because he has all these free periods, and she's like, well, large amounts of free periods could be used for certain other responsibilities. He's like, oh, wait, I can leave. <laughs> was I the only one that no. thought she was talking about something completely different? Yes. Right. Yeah, but I didn't know what. <laughs> well, no, because it's I'm very trying... mysterious. Everyone's very cryptic in the, yeah. this overly whole story. Cr- I, I think it helps that, that Harry comes to the right conclusion pretty quickly. He's not wondering what she's talking about. He figures it out fast. Well, I was well, waiting like for her to be like, know. you and Miss Weasley can bow chicka wow wow or something. Like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> and then, like, well, then the thing is, is that he's like, I can visit Teddy. And she's like, yeah, that works too. Yeah, you can go visit Teddy. So then he goes to visit Teddy, and Hagrid's like, dude, they want to put Teddy in like a concentration camp. Like, Hagrid knows. That means everybody like, knows. Nobody, ha- nobody knows. Yeah. Harry. Then Harry's like, oh, I wonder if that was the cryptic message McGonagall's trying. Like, seriously, you need like a graph and an easel to figure out that message. Spend more time with your family means they're trying to take away your family's civil liberties. Yeah. I'm like, this is why you're a one-term headmistress. You're way too cryptic. No one knows anything at the end of the school year. Well, it, consider for a moment, are her 
pronouncements any less or more cryptic than Dumbledore's. There you go. It comes with the office. Well, Dumbledore's like, if any of you have watched, we're going to be covering it on the Puffo Exchange, um, Babylon 5. There are aliens on there called the Vorlons who always speak in riddles, and they're like, A herring is just a herring, but a good cigar is a Cuban. A stroke of the brush does not guarantee art from the bristles. Do you understand? McGonagall is a warlock. Headmaster instructions, they have a little scroll. that You may not give a straight answer without first giving five riddles. Yeah, it drops out of the sorting hat, uh, the thinking hat, when you find the out thinking about hat? The, the thinking hat? The thinking hat. The sorting hat? You had it right the first time. Well, no, because I was going for the thinking cat. Thinking hat, yeah. The thinking. We were just, the thinking hat. We just podcasted. By the way, may I just say, Sue, you guys did excellent coverage of the thinking cat. Thank you. Yes. The yes, associated stories. I've enjoyed it very much. Oh, mm-hmm. now, if you're listening Scott, to this, too. the third edition of PRNCast is now available for direct download on pofua.com. Yay! We had two episodes up for the um, classic peons, all their stuff, and now we have the first, I think it's the first 11 PRNCast episodes with The Next Generation we have up, and I'm, I think the way I will break it up is do um, two more. When I have time, I'll put the second one up, and I think we're just waiting till the end of the show, and then we'll do the third one, so go listen to the peons. Mm-hmm. Yes, is there any fun. way that can be released over the feed? I didn't release it over the feed. What I try and do is I try and, like, space Don't, the episodes. Because that's, that's, that's just repeating, because I already have them all on my iTunes. From I hesitate to do that. You can download it directly. I, there are occasions when it would be nice to just listen to all of Peoncast. No, the, you can you download can, You can download it from the website, and then you can trick iTunes into thinking it's a podcast. Oh, Death the king of doing that. Yeah, I'm the one who figured out how to Well, I felt bad. He, like, got under the hood and, like, rewired everything so we could do it. I'm like, oh, I have a button that can do that. Is that helpful to you all? Ooh, we have our own page. We do. And it actually, it will link, if you click on the episode number, it links to that episode itself, and then if you click on the story, it links to the story. Oh, neat. Nice. I like that. But we will check that out later, because yes, we, we are right. reading we're, this we're, fic right now, which is right. Rebuilding Life by, by Kezabeth. We may we, jump around a little bit tonight, because we have... Just, just, just a little we've bit. We've been jumping around Left a lot. to 35 and 7 1, somewhere else. I did enjoy Percy being drunk. Yes. So mm-hmm. Percy being drunk was pretty hilarious. Penny left him after six years because his secretary stalks him. Everyone is drunk in this fic. This is, this Not thing. Harry, though. Not Harry. So, Not yet. Not yet. Wasn't he drunk earlier? Am I thinking? No, you're thinking Melinda Leo. No, in the first chapter, they all got drunk. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's, that's right. every The Weasley got boys drunk. got drunk. Including we should have one where Molly gets drunk. I just think it'd be funny. Aaron can write that after he gets done writing the other Molly fic. Exactly. Yeah, speaking of which... Uh, yeah, whatever happened to that, Aaron? Death. Well, funny you should ask about that, P.S., because I have actually completed the, the prologue in first two chapters. I sent it to my beta, I'm and so he excited. hasn't bothered to uh, update me on, what, on anything at all. I'll do well, it, I'll do I, it, I'll do I it, I'll do it. Read it. Your, your beta started to read it, and then you said you were changing things around, so I didn't read it, and you haven't oh. sent me the thing you were going to change around. Oh, this is an no, awkward I... moment. I feel like we're fighting in the car, and we're just having <laughs> we're like, we're Well... So, Ryan, how's it going? <laughs> well, you realize if Mike is out there listening to this, he's now going to think that Aaron broke up with Robert and is now with Death Roll. And Aaron's spiteful because he misses Robert, and... Uh, <laughs> well, maybe I'll just have to send my beta the updated chapters, whatever. That's maybe you should. Maybe yeah. I should. Maybe oh. I should maybe okay, I should write more. Aaron, who is your beta? <laughs> it's 
Thanks, I wouldn't have noticed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we have the... been saying that people have been a little too cryptic lately. So, exactly, you know. we have to spell <laughs> to it. Sure. Um, yes, spell it out explicitly. Well, well, then the thing I thought was great was when Harry has that really, really great scene with Molly in the later chapters in Ron's bedroom where Molly's putting the lotion on Harry and Harry's talking about his fears and Molly's trying to help him get back together and everything. And at one point, Molly, I, I don't remember the exact dialogue, but Molly's like, I assume you and Jimmy have, and, and Harry's like, just the ones um, before the thing. And then Molly's um, like, it's all right. And how did you know? And mothers always know. And I'm like, wouldn't this be funny if they were talking about something completely different? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you and Ginny ordered Chinese? Yes, but just the ones. We didn't enjoy it. It was too rough well, going you know, down. We've already had the family jewels discussed. So, exactly. You know. oh, I just I'd forgotten about that for the moment. <laughs> oh, we've okay. all seen Harry's family jewels. Good he's time. very, he's very generous time. with them. <laughs> yeah, oh, Harry, don't you remember? I looked down there. Mm-hmm. Oh God! We have Percy is drunk. We expect it to be George, but it's Percy. Yeah, I like that. But, yeah, but that was a big switcheroo. Percy. She's, he's still your brother, isn't he? Harry and it takes the, the two of them to drag him to the burrow. He collapses on the table, and Molly's first assumption with. Them walking in with Percy, who's drunk, is obviously something's happened to Ginny. Well, but anyway, well that then they're goes in, on. then they're having lunch, and Harry mentions, or George mentions, or someone mentions Harry attacked one of the Slytherin students in class, and Arthur is very upset. Art is not pleased. Arthur, Art, Dad, thanks for being here. The little lights are not twinkling. I know, Art, and thanks for noticing. And then he's like, well, I was just defending Ginny because someone shot your kid. Then Molly is... What? <laughs> Molly's like, we're homeschooling that girl. This is a running theme, but everyone has this problem of just letting these very bad sounding things slip in front of Molly. But then you're like, I complain a lot that people keep Harry in the dark. Maybe that is actually the best because the, like dumbass or dickhead or whatever the hell's name is, is like, Harry should have killed Voldemort when he was younger. The prick. And Harry's like, you're right. I should have done that. Like he's rocking. <laughs> yeah, maybe that would have been a better idea. So it's a little I want to talk about the Jersleys where Harry visits the Jersleys and Dudley is, you know, being a decent guy and he's Dudley's becoming a cop, which I think Oh my yeah, that's a new I've that. seen I'm gonna be a Bobby he's, like, he's bouncing. First he has to lose eight hundred pounds. Exactly. <laughs> Not if you've seen a lot of the cops who were I think he's actually within the weight zone. <laughs> So he's fine there. So he's, he's going to do that. And um, Petunia went to Godric's Hollow and took pictures. And Harry is not pleased. Yeah. And I actually the way felt... you say that, it makes it sound like she brought a camera. I know, exactly. It's <laughs> like, see, ooh, this will look great on the wall. <laughs> ooh, here's one for my wallet. Click. She yeah. is really an evil bitch, isn't she? Well, it's you know what? I actually felt sorry for her in the first reading. Then I thought about it, and I'm like, that bitch. And I moved on. So I did, I did. I did feel sorry for her because she wanted a picture of her sister. She was like, I didn't have one. And she puts it up in the house. Yeah. It obviously means something to her. And Harry's very upset that she even has it. You kind of feel bad for her. And then you find so out that... You kind of felt bad for Petunia. She's the one who burned all the well, pictures. Well, that was the thing that I'm thinking about. I'm life. like, she burned all the pictures to the ground, and her biggest problem today is that Harry's on the front lawn getting the house boy and all this crap, and Harry, of course, apparates out from the front living room, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Give him one last shock. 
I would have apparated out in front of the muggles in the street or whatever. But yeah. Oh no, you can't do that. That's a risk to the statute of secrecy. Ah, you're fine. Yep. And so he apparates out, and the uh, the Weasleys have the helicopter out already. But of course. Then, exactly. You've been gone for three hours. I had to buy Monopoly, and I love the fact that, for one thing, Dean is a Monopoly shark. Of course, because he's muggle-born. Well, my friend's uh, fiancé, he is obsessive-compulsive about Monopoly. We'll be playing Monopoly. He'll be like, Ryan, I would like to trade you this property for this property. Think about it. And there's, like, no emotion on his face. Like, I think he's trying to sell me a car. And I'm like, well, I'll think about that, and I'll I'll get back to you. Then, like, I'm in bed that night, my phone rings, Ryan... (laughs) I'd like you to know my, my generosity will not last for long. And it's going to be like the Family Guy episode where I'm waiting for someone to like come and like break all my kneecaps. I'm like, all right, I'll sell you the prop. Like he takes it very seriously. So Dean plays kind of the same way. But then Neville just cracks me up because during all these chapters, like at one point, Dickhead is going after Harry and Neville's in the corner. Like I can definitely take points from Gryffindor as he like steals Park Place. Like he's a shark. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what I found hysterical about the the bringing in of Monopoly is that Draco is fantastic at it. And I say, of course. It's a strategic game. Why not? <laughs> well, I was thinking, you know, finance and, and money and, and exactly. that sort of angle on it. Well, he has, he has the right to... And properties that they shuffle around all the time. <laughs> and I love that Neville is cheering for him as he's kicking the crap out of Dean. That's right. Because Neville has well, lost so like, badly. Anybody that beats Dean, because haven't you ever had that experience where, like, yes. there's the same mm-hmm. person oh, yeah. that wins all the time, and anybody, even if it's Hitler, that beats them is like, oh, That's why awesome. people... That's why people hate the Yankees, right there. Right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so right. The, the lovely bumper sticker we have around here. I like two teams, the Red Sox and whoever and beats whoever the, Yankees. the Yankees. Exactly. <laughs> well, we, I think death, or death, I think every AL team has that bumper sticker. Well, every Jeff, team. Every every person who likes any team likes likes two teams, their team and the whoever's beating the well, Yankees. Jethro and I, whether they like the Yankees, that's Jethro it. and I <laughs> can attest to this New England thing where we can each be at wakes and like in the crowd at the wake, people will just start to chant Yankees suck. It's just a <laughs> <laughs> We guys live in the Boston area, seriously. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it happens. It's, it's, it's football games, they start chanting Yankees suck. I mean, it's like, all right. Their time is over. I'm just picturing right now all of our Yankees fans are tuning out. <laughs> We've got four fans left. We've got to hang on to them. We've got three episodes yeah. to go. Yeah, their time is over. It's time for the Rays to rise to supremacy. I feel like everybody is coming down on me. Well, I just enjoy P.S. because when P.S.'s speakers explode or when she's watching a professional sports team, you have never seen the F-bomb fly <laughs> that frequently. P.S. is 4'11", merchant marine, you know, solid, <laughs> just anger. When I think my Ravens are going to lose. So what else do we have that we want to talk about tonight? I have a singular topic. Well, we got uh, not really connected to anything else. Why is it that authors always try to make improvements to the Wolfsbane potion? I've seen plots where you can add sugar to it, and the fact that you couldn't was really just Snape torturing Lupin with the bad taste of it. I've seen <laughs> versions that only take a few hours to make. I've There's seen the, the version where you'll... from... Uh... After the end. Where, yeah, I've no. seen the sort where you only need one dose and you're good. I mean, why? It's because well, people like the rest of your life. and they want to make it easier for him. Uh, people always do that. Dead. They make changes to make things easier for whoever their favorite characters are. And well, then they like forget to, to make changes to make things harder for them as well. They like to tinker also with existing things because then they don't have to make up something new. Like uh, the, the new four-hour polyjuice potion or whatever it was I saw in one fic. Or the, you know, it's, it's rare that you have somebody come up with wholly new 
you know, potions and stuff. They tend to just like to you know, improve on existing potions. Although they do, they do make up new ones too, I guess. Magical construction was mentioned in this fic right here, Rebuilding Life by Kezabe, that we're discussing right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What did everyone think of the whole werewolf expensive. containing camp plot? I thought yeah. it was great for for purposes of angst because at that point Bill mm-hmm. angst and and the Percy angst was exhausted, and now you want to take the cute incorrigible little kid yeah. and you want to stick him in an orphanage. Yeah. It brings out all these feelings in Harry of you don't take kids out of loving homes, and, and it's yeah. personal. For, and then of course mm-hmm. Harry's a dipshit saying, "I wonder why this is so personal for me." But you know, <laughs> like, hello, <laughs> you just heard the Jersey. Tuesday, think about it. I thought that was a great plot point. And you know what? When you look at Congress, this could happen. Because these people yeah. are morons. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I like what they brought it's, up. It's like, well, they're going to lock up everyone who's ever had any contact with the werewolf. So that leaves, what, like six people? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The entire- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody. No, it was, it was a great plot, and it would make a, a great background plot to just about any style of story you wanted to tell. Well, it remi- it's the... It's the um, like it happened um, in uh, George Bush's second term. Uh, he got attacked by werewolves. He did. The United Arab Immigrants Immigrants Emirates 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 E M I R A T E S Emirates Emirates. The United Arab Emirates. We need Dan Quayle right here. Exactly. Can we get the potato clip? That's more of a visual clip. So no, you can't have it. The UAE was in charge of certain um, U.S. ports, and everyone went ballistic. We can't have the Arabs in charge of our ports, which is a complete simplification of the issue. So they passed laws banning them from overseeing ports, which caused you know diplomatic nightmares. And even George Bush was like, I'm going to veto it, and like there wasn't anyone who was against it. It's like passing a law protecting cute puppies. Do you want to vote against that? We're going to pass the Save Your Children from Werewolves Act of 1998. Like, does mm-hmm. anyone want to vote against that? And it's so easy to just completely screw the country and, and screw everyone. And I was surprised the 51% listened to Hermione. Yay, Hermione. Gets her started in her career path, I guess. And I love Harry when he goes there the first time before he goes to the Jerseys. He's like, and, and they wouldn't even listen to Harry Potter. Like, come on, look at me. I'm throwing my name around again. Wait, it's not even helping. Why are listening to me? <laughs> I do this yeah. once, and they don't even listen to me. WTF, man. He's like, what the hell? I'm Harry Potter. I'm awesome. I can play the guitar. <laughs> he goes in there. I'm Harry Potter. I'm Come Harry on. Potter. Do you know, there were I so did. many times in this fic where it said, he's Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> great. I like that Moses is supposedly doing this to protect Lavender. Lavender's like, but he hates my guts. Well, I was very grateful to see Parvati was alive and well because the last post Hogwarts story (laughs) we read, she melted. (laughs) Like, oh, good, you're not dead. That's nice. I I love that scene with Lavender and Parvati. It was that was some crazy good uh, girl talk that Duke has wrote. Well, it's it's poor (laughs) Harry. When he goes in there, so bad for Harry. Well, he's sitting there, and they're talking, and, and they're going over, like, the, and it's like the whole, you know, well, Dean told Lavender, who told Parvati, who was a little, and it's like, you're trying to follow the whole thing, and who was dating who at the time, and it's like, oh my god, you just blew my brain wide open. And they still remember all of this. Yes! This was right. four years ago. They still remember who was dating who, and why, and who and Harry's like, it was Kate's enough at the time, why must we go over this again? And then they're like, no, and they just keep going, and they're like, eh, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's a great scene, because the scene, it starts <laughs> off, in your mind, 
Lavender is being a jerk because Lavender is so upset that she got scratched by a werewolf that she must put Teddy Lupin in, in federal prison for the rest of his life. And you you know Harry's going to go in there and he's bitch-slapped Bill and he's bitch-slapped Percy and now he's going to bitch-slap Lavender Brown. And you're like, hoo-hoo, she was annoying in the movie. So you're waiting for him to go in there and she basically hasn't eaten in three years. And as it turns out, her uncle is just a prick and she had no idea. And then they're talking girl talk and Harry's like, what the hell just happened here? I came in here to kick the crap out of Lavender Brown. And then he goes back over to the joke shop and George put in a doorbell, which is called a door bang by Ron. Bang. Every time he walks in, Ron's like, God damn it! <laughs> Turn that thing off! <laughs> that was absolutely a start. It's like my alarm clock. Um, Ron, I think that's a doorbell. That is not a bell. That is a bang! <laughs> and then you have some really great scenes through the chapters of, of Ron dealing with George and the, the fact that George slept with Angelina because he needed to feel alive again and Angelina slept with George because she needed to feel alive again but as it turns out they both enjoyed each other more than just the whole live feeling part but then you know it's a who's on first moment and George left and didn't call her and and she's upset and he's upset and she's upset that he's upset I am pleased that you are pleased all this crap Harry's like uh-huh 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 right Good. Okay. I'm going to do the exact same thing with Jenny now. <laughs> and he goes to the Quidditch match and he breaks. Okay. He breaks five ribs. I think he punctures a lung. He has a head injury. His arm died. And yeah. Draco Malfoy's like, you know, I know I hate your guts, but can I get you an Advil? Because you don't look too good. And. Then, then they get him on the ground, and after everyone saying, Harry, you're paler than you've ever been. Oh, can I just tell you? Uh, Petunia Dursley was paler than Harry had ever seen her, and she drew her lips into a line. Petunia Dursley is the love child of Albus Dumbledore and Minerva McGonagall. That's so disturbing. <laughs> That's bad. So I just chime in That's, there. So, uh, so Harry's like uh, laying on the ground, and his arm is purple, and he's got like the snitch in one hand, and the idiot announcer is like, does it count if Draco cut Harry who was holding the snitch? Maybe Draco cut... And McGonagall's like, you idiot, Harry cut this. So the... the oh, I have a comment about the announcer, actually. Did he count actually. if Draco fondled Harry? <laughs> <laughs> What's your comment? I think he did. The announcer's name is Peterson, and he sounds just so damn interested in what's going on that I'm imagining Marvin, the paranoid android from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy... Didn't I tell you I've got a brain the size of a planet? Was he actually canon? Wasn't there, or was that in the fanon? There was a boring announcer. I can't remember. There was Luna. After Luna we was graduated, Luna, Luna No, Luna I think was there was Luna and, Luna and Lee. Zachariah Smith. No, was that, maybe he sounded boring? No, Zachariah Smith is a chaser. He wouldn't be announcing. Or maybe for, like, the Gryffindor-Slytherin match? There was, I, maybe it was a fanon thing, but I remember a really boring announcer, and this just reminded mm-hmm. me of him. I think it was actually fanon. I think it was, like, Lavender Brown or something. Yeah, I know oh. what you're talking about. It was, um... Lavender? Do you mean no, the, author the, author the author or the character? That might be. That okay, might okay. Be like, oh my god! Like, Jimmy just broke a nail! <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great... Yeah. I, I looked it up. Long it was Zachariah Smith. Did. Yeah. What? Really? So, when? 
Zacharias is just a git, though. Half Blood okay. Prince, Chapter Fourteen, according to the lexicon. Here's the, the really thing. Oh, I thought you had the book out. <laughs> like, wow, this, that was fast. This makes no sense, though, because isn't he supposed to be a Hufflepuff chaser? But it could have been a different. Yeah, but it was just like Quidditch, but I assume. Yeah, I assume if the Hufflepuffs weren't playing, he could do it. All right, so here's the thing. So Harry's on the ground. He's seeing white spots. He has jaw pain. Like, I think he needs a bone marrow transplant. Like, he's come out of several final battles not this bad. Like, you know the ones where he opens his eyes and he sees people standing around him and he closes his eyes. Then he wakes up and it's autumn and he's like, I need to rest a little bit longer. Like, it's like one of those moments. (laughs) And they're all like, Harry, come on, let's get you up. We'll bring you to the party. Bring him to the party? He needs an ICU and some Haldol. Like, this is not a good situation. (laughs) So then they get him up. I'm like, all right, they're going to rush him to St. Mungo's now for emergency surgery. He might make it through the night. And they're like, bring him to the Quidditch changing room. And Poppy Pomfrey, who is the worst doctor ever, who should be sued for medical malpractice up to her eyeballs, will treat him on the bench in the middle of the room. I'm like, he's almost had sex on that bench. It's not a sterile (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, the hell is like, like, there was an episode of ER once where they had this like ultra rich dude come in who had a heart attack and they're like, well, we're gonna do this test and this test and this test on you and he's got Blue Cross. Not the HMO, not the PPO, traditional indemnity plan goal. And he's like, if there's any cause for concern, I'd really rather go see my own doctor. Greg Fonero, he's up on Chestnut. I, I just want to get his opinion on whatever you're going to do. And I think it was Carrie Weaver was like, Don't worry, I think you'll find we give the highest standard of care. Well, there was like a chemical spill in the ER, so they moved all the patients to the cafeteria, and they didn't <laughs> have any crash carts, so he started going into like tachycardia or whatever, so they needed to shock his heart, but they didn't have the paddles. So John Carter fills a tub full of ice water and they dunk his head in the ice water. Finally, his heart comes back into normal rhythm. He's like gasping and he's drowning. He's like, what the hell are you people doing to me? You passed out from an abnormal heart rhythm. We had to treat you right away. By drowning me? The diving reflex. Slows the heart down, breaks the tachycardia. You call this the highest standard of care? Get my doctor on the phone now. I'm picturing Harry. They're like operating on him on the bench where he's had sex with his girlfriend. Absolutely awful. They have to have sex down there or somewhere because they they can't shag in the prefect's bathroom. I was just picturing George Bush. We have sex there to protect ourselves here. There there was a a line in chapter 34 of uh, they can't shag in the prefect's bathroom because Myrtle's always there. I know. (laughs) By the parcel mouths. There's Myrtle. There's the prefect's. There's the prefect's bathroom. They try it. They try it in the broom closet. Harry gets a lot of scarring. You know, more severe because he's been attacked by the target and he gets scars. He's badly injured himself in the Quidditch match, but he hangs out there because he wants Ginny to get seen by the scout so she can get her Quidditch career mm-hmm. started, and he almost dies. So he feels yeah. desperate because he doesn't want her to feel guilty for the fact that he almost died. So he decides, I'll just never have her touch me again. Uh-huh. Crank up <laughs> the angst meter a few notches, please. Well, you know what? It's like... That is not a long-term solution, but to Harry, it is. So Ginny, of course, over time, thinks Harry doesn't want me anymore. Right. Doesn't actually bother to talk to him about it. Of course not. So then Harry's on the couch having a wonderful moment with Hermione, and Dickhead sees them, and Dickhead says that you're dating Hermione now. And I'm like, Keza would never go there. So then Ginny overhears the whole thing, and while Ginny doesn't buy it, Ginny thinks that Harry might want someone curvier 
like Hermione. And my curvier, was, and I, Molly suggests that. Well, well, then Harry's having that great scene with Molly when he said, "You know, Mrs. Weasley, I swear, Hermione and I." And he, she puts her hand up, Harry. I was waiting for her to be like, "I'm over the Scarlet Woman phase." <laughs> I believe you, dude. But then at one point. She's like, well, Hermione is much curvier than Ginny. Or, you know, Ginny thought maybe you would want someone curvier. And Harry's like, Hermione's curvy? And, and Molly smiles like he never knows. Yes, Harry, she is. And all I could picture was, are we talking about Emma Watson or is Hermione supposed to be frumpy? Remember, well, she's frumpy, but she's super smart, so it's all good. Yes, it's, it's totally awesome. <laughs> it's totally awesome. It's totally That's awesome. Right. <laughs> I can hey, I can reference a very Potter musical with the best one. That thing's f-ing hilarious. It's it awesome. is. It very much is. Well, I'm picturing Draco as as he's helping wait, wait Harry just rolling around on the floor, you know, just flopping his arms everywhere. <laughs> and no one, you know what? Even that, Keza but... worked in a Draco redemption thing where Draco he stands up for Harry in class when the Slytherin dickhead goes after Ginny and Harry, and then he helps Harry at the Quidditch match. And he's, he's Harry's lab partner from like the third fight Harry and Jenny had when they were back at school. And they, they get like an A or an O or whatever on their, on their potions assignment, but they still stay lab partners. It's like they found a groove and, and Draco's almost a human being. So I thought that was cool that they had this yeah. quiet little. Draco's very much portrayed as a not. The bastard that he is in, in canon. It's yeah. interesting. He's he's definitely had some sort of change of heart, and I think that uh, I think that's obviously pulled directly from the, the epilogue where he and uh, Harry at least have you know this this relationship where at least they can you know acknowledge each other's existence without grimacing at the time. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> say what you want about that Draco Malfoy. He's got a nice head of hair. That's Did right. someone say Draco Malfoy? <laughs> someone say Draco Malfoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I love how Draco she wears. Malfoy. I love how she wears earrings as Draco. <laughs> oh god! Oh, that was good. Yeah. P.S. Draco is played by a girl. <laughs> Percy funny. discovers the future love of his life in these chapters. That's right. And Seamus is after her for the entire time. And Harry decides he's going to hire Gilbert and Sullivan's mother to be the director of the 13 Grindelwald Place Orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, 13 Grindelwald. Which I thought was great. Where I love it too. He he discovers the fact that, that he's been not a jerk with Ginny, <laughs> but he's been so clueless he basically gave her the have a wonderful life speech and didn't realize that yeah, wasn't appropriate. Well, so especially, my only note for chapter 37 is that my head is spinning with all the stupidity going yeah. on between these two characters. I mean, they both seem perfectly capable of lecturing each yeah. other, but they can't understand that they're just as guilty. They mm-hmm. both have a wicked huge problem with projection. Mm-hmm. And I say That's in a, all the, uh, capitals right here, I want to kill them both. They say they love each other, but love involves trust, which neither of them seems to have in the other. They say right. they do and they think they do, but they really don't. Do you think any of it has to do with age, though? I mean, granted, they're so much more mature <laughs> than their ages are, but I'm at the point now where I'm 30 where I can have you know a certain situation come up that maybe when I was 16, 17, I would have handled much more yeah, especially think- considering the fact that Ginny almost died, and she saw, and Harry died, and she saw Harry die, and she lost her faith, mm-hmm. and you know, down the line, all the different things that happen. Maybe there's a yeah. Well, I expect these characters to be a bit more mature than they're acting. They're acting younger than I think they really ought to. They they have had all these wicked experiences, and they're behaving way too shallowly 
I'm saying this badly, but after everything they've been through, they shouldn't be being this damn childish. Well, the yeah. thing the thing which I think Keza does a good job of showing is that victory doesn't always mean that you win. And mm-hmm. like, look mm-hmm. at politics. Barack Obama won the presidential election with you know this ungodly majority that you know hasn't yeah. been seen in forty years. How's that going for him? You know, I mean, it's like whenever you think you've won something, that's when it gets the hardest. Mm-hmm. So they've all won. You know, the the war is over, and you know they had one fatality. You know, you know on the it's it's end. much like it's to to it's oh quote, come now there were at least three fatalities. True, Tonks and Remus. But when you in serious years before too, but when you look at it, Dumbledore. The, oh well, yeah, he did fall and Snape and crap. Yeah. Everyone's dead. Everyone's dead. <laughs> but then. <laughs> Is wasn't Churchill said when they invaded the, um, Africa? You know, it wasn't it wasn't the the beginning of the end. It was just the end of the beginning. You know, they've got so much. You're not. You haven't even begun to get to the end yet. You you have. I have this. not yet begun to fight. But none of the things that they've gone through are things that would help them really have anything to do with relationships because they haven't they haven't had the experience with being in a relationship they've had the experience with running around in the wilderness looking for horcruxes right i think they're good at that experience with relationships uh she's had at least two steady boyfriends she's broken up with two with, with two guys she should be the more experienced person in this thing, but I don't think she realizes how inexperienced Harry is, and I think that's part of the problem. And you see, Harry has want to learn. Been there to see him through. Exactly. I mean, the the only experience he would have had a chance to get out of her sight would be when he went camping, and I don't think she thinks he was getting it with Hermione or yeah. Ron. <laughs> Except in bad fan fiction. Well, you can yes. you can kind of see like when we were covering after the end, you had the fact that everyone had kind of graduated and moved on, but Ginny was afraid that if she went back to Hogwarts, if Hogwarts opened, no, it wasn't after that. There was a fic that we covered where Ginny, when she was going to go back to Hogwarts, she would be completely isolated from the trio, and they were going to go off and do their own thing, and Ginny was going to be the one left behind because Ginny's always the one who's left behind. She was left behind mm-hmm. when they all went to their first year, and now she's going to be left behind at the end, and oh, you. That's she gets for hanging out with older kids. Exactly. And then you have, you know, Hermione. She needs friends her own age. Hermione is off saving children of werewolves and she's saving, you know, the entire werewolf population. You have Ron who's off doing his own thing now with George. You have Harry who's now told that he gets to have weekends off. And Ginny's like, oh, we can do a lot with that. And Harry even says, well, I don't think it was meant for you. It was meant for me. Like, I don't think McGonagall. And you know I'm Harry meant. I don't think McGonagall meant for us to be doing that. But it comes across as, oh, no, this is my thing. You're here. And she feels very trapped by that and like she even says like you know all my friends at school are either dead or they're different now and i feel stuck here and based on the confluence of events she sleeps with harry and then after that he stops talking to her and stops being around her and he's very cautious i mean you can kind of see that there could be this coincidental divergence between the two of them so she's feeling very vulnerable and he's blind as a bat to these things so he doesn't know mm-hmm. how to react and by the time because they, he always is right and by the time they get to a point where they can talk about it it's gone so far they've both kind of snowballed in their preconceptions of what the other one's saying and then even mm-hmm. when harry's like i need to talk to you about this he they he goes to the room and he can't say anything and finally he whips his shirt off and she's like i thought you wanted to talk <laughs> until she sees the extent of the injuries well i don't want you to blame yourself i already did oh crap and i mean it's it's one of those what do you i mean he does not harry thinks short term mm-hmm. instead of long term and that's always mm-hmm. been his thing yeah. well what sort of 
stable, lasting relationship has he had to look at? I mean, Vernon no. and Petunia? No. <laughs> Ron, Ron and Hermione? They, they have stayed together for a very long time. That's true. Say they what you very... will about them, but they they have remained with each other. No one else will have either of them. I mean, it's not that. <laughs> well, well they're the sort of people. folk who deserve each other, but... Exactly. And he and hasn't been around Molly and Arthur enough to get anything from that. Right. So well, he's around um, Provide and Lavender and they're talking about how everyone had bets on Ron and Hermione and how long it would take them to get together. And Harry's like, oh, please, I know this at least by sixth year that they like each other. <laughs> laughing at him. <laughs> yeah. It's about five years longer than the rest of us. Good job. I think it was done well because I think that when you look at the, the two of them, I can buy the fact that, okay, you know, the war is over. Harry and Ginny get to be free now. And you see over the first few chapters, you know, the, the Weasleys are all cool with it. And, Ron's cool with it, and Hermione is, and, and everything's perfect. So everything will be fine, right? Well, not really. And not you can really. Still, still gonna, it still doesn't mean it's going to be simple. I mean, you know, I'm happily married, and I have mm-hmm. things really well. We fight about stupid crap all the time. It's it's just what you do, and you're the type of person you... And I know I have people in my life who will never deal with a problem. My mother and her sister had a fight that lasted for 45 years. I don't think they knew what it was what it was about, but we can't talk about it. We have to pretend right. it never happened. And that's how you get through life. I'm like, you could have solved this thing. I think it was over toothpaste. It's like, shut up and just deal with it. People sometimes don't do that very well, so I think that's mm. natural. And I love that level of angst, and I can't wait to see what the angst is that we're going to get in the next set of chapters, because... I, I think it's got to be the cat in the hat, dude. And I really want them to go plug the dickhead. I think they need to. Oh, came out back. I well, know this, you don't I... usually see someone that stupid. Yeah, he's a, he's he's what I'd like to call from uh, as a Calvin and Hobbes reference, a grade A Nimrod. He is yes, he is, and and also kind of to reference the the. Uh, uh, with the thinking cap. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, Slytherin's new favorite. Word. <laughs> that's right. Um, which I wonder if maybe they didn't. The, the, the person who wrote that wasn't a Calvin and Hobbes fan. That's interesting. Uh, but anyway, yeah, very much just a just a total moron and so Wait, so on. out of the the, the, the worldview of everybody else. I mean, so. I don't know even how to describe it. You know what you want to talk like what I was just saying too about how when you win it doesn't necessarily mean that y- you win. Okay, we obviously saw the, the last year and the last few years from the perspective of the people on the front lines. But there's always a tendency when you know you saw Harry and Ginny and Ron and Hermione you do extraordinary things. But there's always a tendency for the people who weren't in the room. Oh, one person couldn't have done that. I'm sh- don't you think it's possible that it was embellished a little bit? Well, I'm sure it was. I'm sure Harry didn't do everything. And just through games to telephone and over the generations, you lose what was done there. And the, I think it was Dean and Seamus and, and Harry were in the common room one day, and they're like, you know what? We have all of these people who just came into the Wizarding World who were, you know, in in hiding or the, or they were never able to come here. They weren't here. They don't know what happened. And just like Harry wasn't here last year, they missed all of it. So mm-hmm. they doubt Harry that he could have done this by himself. They doubt the premise. They doubt how bad Voldemort could have been. They they doubt everything. What do you do? I, I have the answer for you. Yeah. You you buy a pensive. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you throw the memories in there and you you make them watch it. Yeah, and it's you know especially it's, the really painful ones about how you used to go out and talk with them in the shed, but now they don't let you do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's like, honestly, I, I told this before on the podcast. There was a uh, professor at a college where, I, actually, I got my master's, but she spoke at my high school, and she, she was seven years old during the Holocaust, and her parents died, and, you know, a lot of her family died, and she was able to get out of get out of that area. And the, the name of the book, if anyone ever has the opportunity to get it, it's um, her name is Sonia White's. And uh, the book is called I Promised I Would Tell. And it's basically she promised her family that she would not let. She said, you know, there are people in this world who will tell you the Holocaust never happened. And I'll be dead in 20 years. And soon there will be no one left who was there. So Mm -hmm. tell when you when you're very, very old, there will be people standing up on television screaming it never happened. Tell them you met me. Tell them my story and pass it on. Because it's word of mouth at that point. And it's like, even today, you know, we're at a point in the United States where it's very political and whether like death and I were talking last night and he's at one end of the political spectrum and I'm at the other, but we can agree on stuff in the middle and we like each other very much and we're good friends. You can be friendly and still have different opinions. A lot of people don't do that. And there's people now who scream that Bill Clinton never did this thing. He did this and no George Bush did that. And it doesn't matter what really happened. And it doesn't matter when your guy was right and your guy was wrong. People just have opinions and they want the other guy to look really bad and that's where we are as a country and as a society right now that you know if harry potter's a prick he did nothing right and i'm not giving him an inch and i'm not going to admit that when he was a kid maybe he did do something i I won't give an inch it's not about truth anymore it's about beating the other guy and i like the fact that even i'm not sure that was kez's intention with it it really strikes a lot of chords with me that you've got dean and you've got seamus and you've got harry sitting in the common room going this is winning (laughs) A fourteen-year-old dickhead over here who's basically like, "Screw what you did." I'm still, I still think I'm right. And what do you do with that? It's like you can win the war and still lose, the, you know, the the war of opinion. And and that's uh, I think a, a constant in society. Just just because you win doesn't mean everybody's gonna gonna like you now. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's still there's still there's still dickheads out there like uh, Brogan McLagan and and uh, Moses Brown who who are gonna end. I'm sure you know Lucius Malfoy didn't turn over his leaf in a day, even if he, um, regardless of whether or not he's an Azkaban or not. And there's these people, they they're still out there, and people like Fudge, who weren't on the wrong side but were idiots nonetheless, they're still out there too. Harry kills Voldemort, and all of a sudden, all over the world, there's people going. Oh gosh, I was wrong. <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> yeah, like, per- like Percy might say that, but other people will not ever get. And I, I hate to say it, then it comes down to: Are there more of us than there are of them? Yeah. If there are, we can beat them. But then you have people like Harry, who are then forced to use their fame and 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 their name because if Harry doesn't use his name, maybe he can't save Teddy. So he'll use his name now. Now Harry Potter will use his name for political means, so maybe that tarnishes him. It just becomes a thing, and it's like you yeah. can't escape that system, and I think that's... Well, there's the thing with politics is people will oppose you just to oppose you sometimes, and yeah. mm-hmm. if they don't like you, they'll oppose mm-hmm. you. Even if you do something heroic for them personally, yeah. they'll still oppose you because they don't agree with your ideas, right. with their ideas, or they think you might not agree with theirs. I mean, it's... Yeah, like, I was talking with Jethro last night, and in the United States right now, we have the whole thing with the tea parties and, and, the, and the conservative... <laughs> Groups who are who are protesting, um, you know, government spending and everything, and you have some people saying, "Well, they're all, you know, redneck, racist, you know, jerks who don't know what the hell they're talking about." Then you have people saying, "Well, they're all patriotic, you know, moms and dads and soccer moms and everything," and 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 they they do know what they're talking about. And I mean, you can be happy that a group of people is 
you know, protesting something, that's absolutely fine. But the thing that drives me nuts is if you're going to get out there and protest something, at least don't lie. Like, don't say, oh, in the healthcare bill, there are death panels if there aren't. Like, get up there and say, it spends a lot of money. Okay, we can agree on that. I mean, but, like, I I think the problem I have with politics, and I think it's really touched on in this fic, is that there's dicks on both sides, and that's totally fine. But people try and mislead and mudsling and make issues out of things that aren't issues because they want to beat the other guy. And it's not about having the right opinion. It's beating the other guy. And that's where things get really complicated and really, really, really messy. We got the tea parties in here. You you, you killed it by talking about politics. Well done. I did. Well done. (laughs) No, we need to talk about religion and just just to complete the... uh... Oh, I did the Holocaust earlier. We're good. Do we have any other points that we wanted to bring up from these chapters? No, I'm done. I covered everything. P.S. sounds very sad. I think I hit my... uh... My I think you swore so much you tired yourself. Or her anger has tired herself. <laughs> it's the I'm anger sure there's on all top sorts of the wonderful event. salient points that we you missed. Completely. Even uh, feel and free to leave comments if we yeah. skipped over your favorite bit. And uh, Keza leaves a comment. You did not talk about this. I am disappointed. <laughs> oh, I-, I wanted to say one one thing. Well, if the quick. author's allowed to do that, exactly. Well, I-, I don't know how many of you were doing this, but I was one of the loyal uh, viewers who were uh, tuning in each week to see Keza's updates at the time. And when chapter thirty-seven came out, which is the chapter with all the angst, waiting for chapter thirty-eight was like, please, just, just post it. Just post it. Yeah. Just post it. Because you you can't leave it like that. Well, and you see a lot of authors will will save two chapters for when that happens. They'll save the chapter with the angst and the chapter with the resolution. And I think I, we had to wait something like three or four days. Maybe it was longer than that. It might have been a, as long as a week between those two chapters. It was fast still for Keza. Keza was updating about, I think, every two weeks at that point. Well, I was on pins and needles, and the name of the chapter was Making Up. No, it's Keza. <laughs> It's a Harry Jimmy fanatic, and the chapter is called "Making Up." And I'm like, I hope they get back together. And I've read the epilogue. You know what I mean? It's like, but it's like the, that. That part is always so rough in the fic. And and she did she did fine. Like I said, it was only about a week. It wasn't it wasn't like we had to wait months and months and months for the resolution, mm-hmm. which would have been just awful. But mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons people don't read whips because you just. You get stuck with something like that, or you'll get stuck where they're at the climax of the fic, and you know three chapters from the end. Like, and was it is that cursed? That's a the myth and legend one that's within like a, a two or three chapters of being completed. Did that ever get finished? No. This is no anger on Aaron's part. <laughs> I have a question. I have a question, and I have a point. But finish your thought first. Well, I was, uh, What's your question, Ryan? No, let him finish his thought first. <laughs> uh, I was gonna. I was gonna mention another one called uh, that. By the way, is wrecked on the on the Potterfic Weekly forums without being said that it's a whip, Sorry. which is Harry. That's a, it's, a, it's so old now; it doesn't even matter. It's uh, Harry Potter and the Carnelian Key, I think, which is actually a pretty good fic up until it's no until it's until it stops. Know, and, well, then you anyway. have the paradigm of uncertainty. Route. Here's how the story would have ended. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here, here's my question: Does it continue to get angsty in the in the upcoming chapter? Not so much. I read the whole thing, but I don't remember what happened. Because it's like, I'm glad I left a strong impression. There is there is some yeah, angst. seriously. But it's not, yeah. I think the, the major Harry Ginny angst is now. Well, yeah. That. I mean, they can't break up again and keep getting back yeah. together. That'd be ridiculous. No. The mm-hmm. one thing I've enjoyed about it is we've had, like, the Bill angst, the Percy angst, the, the werewolf angst, the Ginny angst. 
you know the George, the George angst. Yeah. Ron, I, yeah. so so they're pretty much Everybody. done. They're pretty much done with yeah. that level of angst. Now we go off. The broken angst is continuing, but they oh, all yeah. agree that he has. Um, he's broken. That's no point. Yes, he's dickhead. Yes. Well, there's also the missing. And I didn't recognize him angst. by his other name. Yeah, exactly. I know him as dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> well, which one? There's a couple. Rogan McLagan. And the point I wanted to raise was Slughorn's attention. He's like, Harry, would you like to have sex in the dungeons? Like, overzealous wink. <laughs> it's like, that would actually be helpful. Thank you. It's like it's like he, free, he forgets to uh to to make it like a, a euphemism. He's like, Harry, would you like to have sex with your girlfriend in the, in the dungeons? I mean, uh, have Watch that in the dungeons. <laughs> Would Rub you like to stir handles. the old cauldron, Harry? <laughs> and the last one I have to say is Keza uses, um, you know, obviously with um, Barb, she used, you know, drew into a line a lot. Keza uses sniffed a lot. When characters mm. are, whatever yes. mood they're in, they sniff a lot. And I have to wonder if they're all doing drugs. <laughs> it, rem- it reminds me of... <laughs> it reminds me of the Seinfeld. Yeah, it reminds me of a fantasy series where they sniffing is like their their thing. I'm it's like the poppy. It's like the poppy seed episode of Seinfeld. They all have. No, it's like this. No, I mean I was talking about the sniffing episode of Seinfeld. I don't know if I saw the sniffing episode. He thought the guy was on drugs, but really he. Oh, what was it? Oh, he had like a. It was head the guy. He he did um, his finances. This guy was an accountant. Oh, that's right. And Kramer got him to do Gary's finances, and he was sniffing all the time, so he thought he was on drugs, but. I forget why he was sniffing. It was, it was, or something? It was I don't know. Well, he's like, I don't mind if you sleep with my kid. Yeah, you're high at the time. When you get sober, you might be a little more concerned about it. Well, I like well, it too when Harry's like, I'm going back to Hogwarts to talk to Jenny, and Arthur's like, Good luck, son. Good luck, son. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me go. Bring <laughs> lots of chocolate with you. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be great if Jenny's laying in bed and all of a sudden the world's biggest piece of chocolate hits the window, crashes through, it breaks the end table, knocks over the nightstand. <laughs> and she says, ah, he finally understands. Well done, grasshopper. Well done, grasshopper. That'd be great if she like, th- if she, like threw like a bomb down into the common room. Down the thing. Yeah. So, oh, so with, we got two episodes of Puffle left and we're spending them with Keza. So Yay. we'll see you back next week and have a good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. MPS hangs up the phone and goes to bed. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night. Well, that's fine because, um, as you remember from last week, we had the bird incident in my house where the bird was flying around and Danielle was screaming and calling me from work and everything. And Karma. that's that's your defense for getting out of the doghouse. You no, know, last night she got upset with me for something. I'm like, I saved you from the bird. She's like, you're. Oh, you already used it. And she's like, you sure you want to use your freebie on this? Apparently, <laughs> 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 yeah. So we had the bird incident. So then Danielle's like, well, apparently we're gonna get nothing but bad luck now. I'm like, oh, that is such an old wives' tale. Since then, her father is being audited by the IRS. My mother is watching television the other night. I love this TV. Literally, as she says that, the TV died. Like <laughs> as she <laughs> said it, she gets like the blue screen of death. Be- PS's uh, speakers just exploded. What? Jen, Someone talking to me? Jen is cutting the guy off of the tree with, with, her, <laughs> with, cu- the with her cuticle scissors in one hand and an active chainsaw in the other hand. Aaron's like screaming over the jet engine. This is television. I, I really think. Even it. worse, the Orioles lost. Aww.
Do you know, Rohan? Right. My, my rays bird. crushed the, the Orioles this, this week. It was great. I know, you bastard. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot you were, I'm sorry. I forgot for a second you were an Orioles fan. P.S. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't mind the Orioles. The Orioles are good. She's also a merchant marine, Aaron. Be careful. Hello, Scott. Hi. I have no idea what we're covering this week. <laughs> so I may not have said it. It's letting go. Oh, um. Short. It's a shorty. Which one was Here, that? I it's, recognize it's the title. Harry. Scott was being. Vincent Price. <laughs> Not quite. Well, you know what I mean. As compared to what, Bella Lugosi? It was the creepy thing. It wasn't Vincent Price. You were trying to be Rod Sterling. Possibly. <laughs> never actually heard of him, so I couldn't tell you. The Twilight Zone guy? You've close. never heard him? <laughs> never actually watched the Twilight Zone. Is it just me, or at the end of this fic, is there like a reference to Twilight Zone in here? Letting it lull him into a Twilight Zone. Well, More of this. Twilight, generally, not like the <laughs> time period. So how does it feel not being the only Ravenclaw, Kelly? Yeah, Kelly. Wow! <laughs> I did this just for you. You're not entirely surrounded by Hufflepuffs. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? We added Scarlet, too. She won't podcast with us, but she's around. She's our advisor. Fanfic, the final frontier. These are the ramblings of the PFW peons. Their continuing mission to explore strange new stories, to seek out new authors and unending tangents, to boldly review where no one has done before. Everybody. Yes, it's me. I'm back. Ha! Huh. Welcome to Peon Cast. I'm Kelly. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. I'm Jessica from at <laughs> I screwed up already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just go ahead and say it. We didn't just do it. Jessica. I'm Jessica. Okay. And we're covering <laughs> a fic by Fix by Fumph. F-U-M-P-H. Uh, it's called Letting Go 2016. It is on LiveJournal. We will have a link for you in the show notes. The rating is G. Oh, Jules baited this. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yes. The summary is Harry grows increasingly upset as James's first day at Hogwarts approaches. And it's a little mm-hmm. short 2100-word fic. It was fun to read. Yes, it was. I wouldn't and- be surprised, actually, if the author's name would just be Fump and fixed by Fump is there particular fic journal or whatever like a number of authors will have like jules has her aggie bell general live journal and then she has aggie stories which she posts all her stories in mm-hmm. yeah we have maple mahogany does the same thing she has fixed by maple but that's what the author's name is on the fic here it was part of the harry potter jenny weasley fan fic fest from last year so that's where this came from we start out, and we are introduced to a very old Ollivander. Ollivander yep. is still selling wands. 
And, Much uh, the same as always. Yes. What do you and, think happens to him after he retires? Oh, he runs the shop. I don't know. Ollivander. He's immortal. Well, I'm not sure if he's immortal, <laughs> but, but I'm sure he probably, we've never seen an apprentice wand maker. Nope. So he has mm. to train an apprentice before he, well, and that and wizards age differently. Right. They live a lot longer. But And I think that has to do with the fact that you're steeped in magic. And Ollivander has more than a lot of people <laughs> as a wand maker. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, if you think about it. He's, I've actually read fix about apprentice wand makers. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a certain age, especially if you're a wand maker. You know, once you reach 100 years old, then you take an apprentice. Mm, that and that's be. kind of their standard. I mean, Dumbledore was how old when he died? Depends on which interview you listen to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> could have been 120, could have been 150. We don't know. Somewhere but, in there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's my outlook on that. I, You know, you get to a certain age and it's like, okay, time for an apprentice. Mm-hmm. So, But we are here visiting Ollivander, uh, Harry and Ginny and Lily and James and getting his first wand. James is yes. his wand. I do like this line, though. For a moment, Harry Potter was no longer a 36-year-old father of three. He was 11 years old again and full of awe and wonder at the magical world he had suddenly been introduced to. Yeah. And you can just see him going back in there and just going, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I love the next bit with he has Lily in his arms. Oh, that was just a flashback. Just yes. my childhood. <laughs> well, I think just it's... getting carted around my daddy. James is a character at 11 and Mm -hmm. at 13, but at 11. So I can really very much visualize this. I am going to cause mayhem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, he does have some Weasley in him and uh, he does have uh, the twins has an influence somehow. I don't care what you say, but Harry was just as bad. (laughs) Sneaky, sneaky. Oh, yeah. It was always for a good cause, though. Yes. <laughs> well, then you have, they find his wand, and it's like a transformation. Mm-hmm. And it really gets to Harry that yeah. this is happening to his son. That must be amazing to watch. Like, yes. And any moment like that where it's just a wonderful thing happening to your child, and especially when it's something that also happened to you yes. some years ago. Uh-huh. It just, Yeah. But he's not happy. No, he's not. He's upset. No. I always thought this was kind of cool because you had the same thing. Ron's wand was handed down to him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if there's a fix somewhere out there if Harry was present when Ron got his new wand. I don't think he was, was he? I don't think he was either in canon. No. But I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. As James diverted all of his attention to the new wand, Harry looks away, unable to stand the look, stand looking at the pure joy and excitement radiating from his child. And that's, again, where you guys were talking about finally really hitting him. He's not sure what to do. I know part of him is thrilled to death that his son is so excited, and the other part is terrified that he's growing up. And Ginny mm-hmm. understands that. I thought that was kind of cool. She mm-hmm. First she asked him what's wrong, and then he says he's growing up. And she's like, don't remind me. But I think she really can. She knows he's upset. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. I really like that one. Because, she's also well, distracted all the children by giving them ice cream. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just like Ginny there. Compare him to like 
Ron. Ron would just bluntly ask, and then Harry would go, nothing, and he'd just be all like, all right. Hermione would badger him, but Jenny just let it go. Slips her hand into his. Mm-hmm. And then we have a small time jump. I think it's just that evening. Yeah. It might mm-hmm. be a few days from then. I'm not sure. Lily is sleeping. They've just put them all to bed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now they're going to talk about this. Because he's been pretty quiet all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She tries to reassure him at first. Yeah. She's like, we're still going to have to go through this. Yeah, we're going to have to go through this ten more times. You realize this, right? Ten more years. <laughs> I, by you know, the time it's Lily, she, I'm going to be gray and you're going to be bald because you ripped all your hair out. Right. <laughs> I, you know, and I, the toupee would be frightening. And having cleaned my kitchen today, I really, 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 really want a wand. <laughs> well, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not even close to being done. I want a wand. <laughs> oh. those would be the spells i would use most all the the household things and maybe a summoning charm or two but you know mostly i wouldn't be casting the major spells just the no no i would the cleaning spells the summoning charm and apparition Mm -hmm. i I wouldn't have to drive to work (laughs) i can just (laughs) like my wand to be there Hop to work. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be wonderful. We're way on course. All right, I have an odd question. Okay. The sentence, uh, the kitchen was cluttered. What is lumpy clay models? So, you know, kids make things out of clay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be models of something. Nah. Or. No, yeah, just, um, just artwork. Models of various things that are kind of lumpy. And yeah. I'm sure that they probably have, like, finger-painted things stuck to their refrigerator. You know, it's a typical household. Yeah. And Harry puts the kettle on and then sets the washing up charm. In fact, I could use it right now because then all the dinner dishes are sitting in the kitchen waiting for me <laughs> to get done with this podcast. Ah, oh, my light's going to kill me. That's okay. You can cut this out, too, because I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with my light. Did it turn off again? Yeah, it turns off, but the fan keeps going. Alrighty. That's so weird. Strangenesses. Yes. Mm. It's spreading. Uh, okay. Never mind, back, I'll do it in the dark. Back to it's the called the Buffois Curse. Right. Yep. Just wait. So they're, oh, yes, the podcast curse. So they're it's talking. The I'm sorry, go ahead, Kelly. So they're talking about the day and why he's upset. Mm-hmm. And he is afraid that James isn't going to need him anymore. And he doesn't know oh, how yeah. to handle that. Because Harry has always been... One of those people, he didn't feel like he needed anybody, but Mm -hmm. he needed someone to need him. Right. And his son, his oldest son, going away to school, Harry feels like he doesn't need him anymore. And that's really tearing him up. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like when the kids move out of the house, you know. He kind of is. Well, yeah. Yeah. It is because he's going to be away most of the year. They're only going to see him in the summer. Probably Christmas too. But, yeah, um, yeah, he'll go home for Christmas that? and for Easter, and it's but not her, quite. The do same they have an Easter break? First yeah. day yes. of school for most of us, because okay. even though that's a production for a lot of people, they come home every day. Mm-hmm. Right. So, where this one, yeah, he's going away for months. 
boarding so. school. And Harry's, you know, Ginny's reminding him that he might be growing up, but that he still loves him. And Harry's like, no, Hogwarts is going to draw him in and he's going to get caught up and he's not going to want to come home for Christmas. And he's not going to want to come home for Easter. And because we'll he get, didn't want to. Right. We'll only get to see him two months of the year during summer and then he'll be counting down the days. You, you know Ginny's why? He's, you know why he thinks like that? Because that's what he did. That's exactly what he did. Yeah. <laughs> But he didn't have anywhere else to go. No, he didn't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't quite get that. I also like that Harry's the first one to say anything. It sort of shows you how their relationship has developed, because mm-hmm. Harry in the books would never just tell anybody something that's wrong. Right. He doesn't do that very often. He doesn't do it well. And this one, they have tea, and she sits there and waits, and then he brings it up. It's a little bit different and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's avoiding. He does. She's like, you're tying yourself into knots for nothing, mm-hmm. you know, because he did that when he was growing up because he didn't have a family. He didn't have right. somebody he could count on at home. I mean, the Dursleys the were necessarily be the same, <laughs> right? And now he's like, I want to change the subject. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> it's yeah. awfully late. Shoves the cookie in his mouth and runs off. Right. It's getting late. <laughs> when did nine o'clock become late? <laughs> Merlin, we're getting old. (laughs) That's when we had to be up at 4.30 the next morning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a fun trip. You know, there must be going by Muggle Car to King's Cross because if they have to leave at 6 to be at the train station at 11, my goodness. Yeah. They're not not fluing. No. And. I love what Jenny says. Uh, 4.30, it's going to take ages to get the horrors up and moving. I love she calls them horrors. Yes. <laughs> we should have stayed at the leaky. <laughs> we could have yeah. slept in. But yeah, I love that she calls them the horrors. And you could just see it, you know. She's trying to get everybody up. And James is like, oh, five more minutes. She's like, no, Hogwarts. She's like, oh, yeah, Hogwarts. And he jumps up and he's like, yeah, wait, I'm going back to bed. All right. And Albus and Lily don't care because they're not going to Hogwarts. Except we have one little blip. Just one little blip. Yeah, we have somebody who has just realized something and he has come to mom and dad. A little bit of a problem because um, Harry's (laughs) jumpy. Well, that's your horror. Yes. (laughs) I love that they go in there and they stare at them because... I don't know how many times I did that to my parents, but you don't want to wake them up. Well, yeah, you don't want to wake them up because you look at them long enough, they'll wake up. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After they peel themselves off the ceiling, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I think I shared this story with Scott the other day. I shared it with somebody. I'm not sure, but when uh, we were kids, my mother um, she lived on a farm, and my father had custody of us, so we were only there during the summers. And mom had gone to bed and the guy that she was living with hadn't come home yet. So we didn't know he was, was going to be there that night. And so my little brother, who was probably five or six at the time, got up in the middle of the night and went in no. and asked mom for a glass of water. Well, apparently Hank and mom were sleeping very close together. And so he just thought only mom was in the bed. So he went around to the bed. And he's like, mom, I want a drink of water. And this very deep voice went, get it yourself. <laughs> And he screamed, bloody murder, woke the entire household up. Brother. Cried for an hour because he was so terrible. This poor Hank was felt bad because he'd scared the poor kids. 
Hank didn't like kids at all, so having us there was a hardship anyhow. And then, you know, have my brother come in and scream him and wake him up in the middle of the night. Yeah, it was a good thing. He was convinced mom had turned into a man. Well, you know, I've had that where, you know, I've spent the night at my nephew's. You know, they're spending the weekend with me, but I've actually spent the night down there and I'll get, Mom! It's like, no, honey. Hey, Kelly! Yes, honey. <laughs> I'm scared. It's like, all right, come in here. <laughs> you know, nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know. But you get that yeah. really little, uh, you know. <laughs> the whimper. Yeah. yeah. And apparently that's what James does to Harry. And. Mm-hmm. First, he scares Harry, and then Harry scares him right back. <laughs> so he comes in, and he says, Dad, I don't want to go to Hogwarts. Oh, gosh. What do you mean you don't want to go to Hogwarts? We've yeah. been talking about it for three months. And now he doesn't want to go because he's already homesick, yeah. and he's not he's even gone yet. Yeah. And what if he's a Slytherin? <laughs> what if he's a Slytherin? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> forbid that we end up in Slytherin. And so Harry laughs, and then James goes, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Harry laughs hard, hard enough to bring tears and, you know, make his stomach hurt and everything. Well, you know, those weren't probably very far from the surface anyway. No, they weren't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And- it's just a relief because here he is worrying that James won't need him and James comes in and doesn't want to leave. Right. So obviously he's attached to that. So then, you know, but he hasn't done this since he was seven. And he comes in and he crawls into bed with him. And so he says, tell me about when you were at school, Dad. Tell me tell about, about Peeves. His favorite story. So Harry basically... Put him to sleep. And I really like this because he keeps talking even though yeah. Jamie falls asleep. He's, he talks until Ginny kind of reaches over and takes his hand. But it made me think of all the people, and I don't have children that I read the Harry Potter stories to, but my brother read them to his son and stuff. And how many parents stayed and kept reading even after their <laughs> children went to bed? Oh, yeah, or and to sleep, what, yeah, because the parents wanted to know what happened. <laughs> right. That's what it reminded me of, the parents reading. So Jenny said, you know, see, he needs us as much as we need him. Yeah. She mm-hmm. says, you were right. <laughs> and then he wakes up enough to say, can you and Mom write me every day? <laughs> <laughs> Probably after a few weeks, he'll get a bit tired of that. But oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if Harry <laughs> yeah, will. He doesn't have to write back. so Harry never got mail. So yeah. that's not something that he's going to say no to. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I like his idea. We'll all write something at dinner time. So it'll arrive just as you're getting ready for bed, which, you know, we don't see the mail arriving anytime except for mealtime and. Right, and so much or in the movies, but so is the owl just gonna like keep rapping at the window until he opens? Probably yeah, must be. And we're just a flu call away if you need us. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we have the why did they have to grow up so fast? You know, oh Harry. <laughs> Everybody must say at least once and probably more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. just five minutes ago. I was changing his nappies. <laughs> yeah. I'm playing hide seek. But he's realized now that no matter how far his children go, that right. they'll always come back to him. Yeah. And that's a nice sentiment because he never had that as a kid. No, he didn't. Right. No, he didn't. 
These children would grow up and move out and have lives of their own and children of their own to lay awake at night and worry about. <laughs> that grandpa can spoil them and <laughs> give back to mom and dad. <laughs> right on. <laughs> but he's fine with that because he knows that they'll come back. They'll always want to come back. Right? Yeah. He just, it seems like he just needed something like this to bring that home to him because he himself never wanted to go back to the Dursleys. But yeah. mm-hmm. He knows that their home isn't the same thing. Right. And I apparently read this in 2008. Nine. No, 2008. I found my comment. 12-1-2008 at 3.43 a.m. <laughs> Just before we started PMCast the first time. Probably. <laughs> And Kelly's bringing this up, Scott, because I said, you picked the fic. And she's like, I've never read this before. And I was like, well, it was under your name. And you I, picked it. I did not remember. <laughs> I mean, it's been two years. Come on. It's yeah, been two years. Jessica, did we cover all of your points? Um, yes, because you took notes. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much it. Although there was one thing that just when I read it, chocolate and ginger cookies. I'm like a terrible mix, in my opinion. You'd be surprised what goes with chocolate. Because I've had uh, chocolate gingers, which which is just chocolate gingerbread cookies, candy ginger yeah. in with chocolate over them, mm-hmm. and I imagine it would work in cookies as well. I haven't tried anything like that, but you know, ginger snaps are good. Chocolate cookies are good. Mm-hmm. Put them together. Yeah. <laughs> I actually. Oh, no, made- people say that about chocolate and mint ice cream, but I hate that stuff. Yeah. Well, it, have you had? Chocolate truffles with sea salt? No. Oh, that's good. They are really good. <laughs> and you wouldn't think that they would be because of the salt, but the salt brings out the chocolate flavor. It is so good. Yum. Oh. Well, at Christmas time, I make truffles, and the secret ingredient in my truffles is ground up ginger snap cookies. Oh. My next door neighbor thinks they're really good. I hadn't heard of that kind of thing before, but... (laughs) Here's a really easy thing for salt and chocolate, though. Chocolate-covered pretzels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not the crunch in the pretzel. It's the salt in the pretzel. Cooking with peons. Yes, cooking with peons. We do this a lot. (laughs) It's called Tangent! (laughs) It's like segment music to come in. This week's recipe is brought to you by... Oh, this is but bad. Anybody okay. else have? I don't some think so. Final I don't points. Think so either. Story itself. Mm. I liked it, but I saw the ending coming a mile away. But I oh, still yeah. liked it. At the end, it's no longer the end. It's just getting there. That's the best part. Mm-hmm. It's a little family moments thing. It's there isn't a giant plot to it or anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody attacks in the middle of Diagon Alley or whatever. But it's it's nice. Uh huh. Yeah, we don't have anything to do with anybody's job or anything else. I thought it was interesting that, does everybody go get their school supplies from Diagon Alley the day before they leave to go to school? It seems like. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a couple of years ago for Harry, it it was, uh, he spent a week in Diagon Alley. It was in Prisoner. Prisoner of Azkaban, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was there for... At least six days before anybody else showed up. Right. Yeah. You know, it just it's seems like just it was. A... It's very odd. You know, it's kind of like Hagrid taking him to Diagon Alley 
did he do that in the morning before 11 o'clock? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, it wasn't the same day in that one. But in where did Because he had to go back home. Day. He had to go he back had home because the, the Dursleys, Dursleys had to had take to him. Drive him back to. Yeah. Because they had to go take Dudley to get his tail removed. In the book. Yeah. It's his so birthday. So it was a. Uh, it was a, a month. month before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. It's like, wait a minute. We have a problem here. <laughs> Now, he can just live homeless and die God Ollie. He kind of skipped over that part in the movie. <laughs> that whole month is not There seriously is a fic where he basically lives in Diagon Alley. Yeah. I think well. I read that one. Doesn't he call himself Sparky? Yes. Yeah. I think adopted? that's uh, resonance, actually, that we ended up not covering on the podcast. He called himself what? Sparky. Sparky. <laughs> Does anybody else have any other comments or observations or confessions? Mm-hmm. Confessions, huh? Mm-hmm. No, I liked it. I thought she really got Harry's feelings. I mean, you could really see how he was happy for James, yet scared at the same time. And then just the huge relief when James came into the bedroom. And I mean, she made that really obvious with the laughing and stuff. But I think she really got him. And I know that one of the comments that was left was somebody saying that they had a nine year old child and they really thought that she got it. And she was like, thank you, because I don't have any kids, and I'm glad that it came across the, the right way. Yeah, that is impressive. So that was really good. I like the way it started with Ollivanders, and just kind of the description of him, and that moment really hit Harry as well, and really took him back to when he was 11. Yeah. And it's been 23 it's years, but Ollivander looks exactly the well, same. I th- uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, Dumbledore kind of looked the same, too, if you think about it. <laughs> Until his hand died. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. But, um, yeah, <laughs> she really gets Harry. Here he is. He has a family. And Finally. I think that when they went in to get James's wand, he was no longer 36-year-old father of three. He was 11 years old again. And I think that 11-year-old feeling really kind of latched on and... It's all those insecurities, <laughs> and you're hearing the dog scratch. Yeah. <laughs> Lily, quit it. Jingle, jingle, By jingle. the way, Lily is named after Lily. Lily. <laughs> that was it. Now, Lily Luna or Lily Evans? That would probably be Lily Evans. Oh, what was I going to say? You'd see his 11-year-old self and the doubts and the observations and the worries. He was getting fat. And Ginny really kind of said, you know, hey, he, everything will be fine. And then James kind of came in and reinforced that. Cemented it. He really I did need say. that because you can see after his talk with Ginny, he's sort of trying to, he says, yeah, you're probably right. And he's trying to believe it, but he doesn't really. Yeah. And it was James' confession. He didn't want to go. Yeah. I don't want to go. Really? I don't really like Harry, Ginny. Gasp, shock, I know. But I did like this one. I thought it was good and sweet. So it has my approval. It, hmm? Why don't you like Harry Ginny? Is it too cliche for you? I just don't think I like how J.K. Rowling write it. Well, write it. Write it. Most of the stuff that we have for Harry Ginny isn't by Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, it's not. <laughs> and if you think about it, you're talking about a 15-year-old girl and a 16-year-old girl. What? She was only 15 and 16. Oh, okay. I thought, you, with I thought you meant a 15-year-old no, and no, no, no. a 16-year-old. You're talking, you're talking <laughs> about... What, Harry's a girl? No. You're, t- you're talking Harry about a 15 or a 16-year-old girl. Teenager. 
Mm -hmm. And the dynamic is a lot different. I mean, yeah, of course, he's a little bit more mature than most boys his age because of what he's gone through. But you're still teenagers. You're still young teenagers. You're not 18-year-old. It's a chess monster. You're not. I think it was a chess monster that ruined it. A chess monster. (laughs) Yeah, well, that'll do it. A chess monster. I've never experienced that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm now getting my forehead licked. (laughs) Well, you needed a bath. Okay. um, Does anybody else have anything? I do find it impressive when authors can get the children or relationship between adults and children right, because I don't have much experience with children, either my own or other people's, really. So it always impresses me when people seem to be authentic with that. Mm-hmm. And that is all for this week for Cast. Again, the fic was called Letting Go 2016. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Night. Bye. Bye. Or if you're Jen. Bye. I sent an early review of the podcast to the author M, and this is her response after she listened to it. So enjoy. Hi, and thank you for choosing my fic for PeonCast. I have to admit, I was honored, and more than a little bewildered, that you'd chosen one of my little stories to discuss. There are so many fantastic authors out there with a much bigger catalog of work. My stories tend to focus on quiet little family moments, no major dramas, other than those that happen to us all every day. I adore the magical aspects of the Harry Potter world, but I really enjoy picking out the issues that are common to both muggles and wizards alike. I love to explore emotions and relationships, particularly where Harry is involved, because he has experienced things that would have broken a lesser person, yet he is completely overwhelmed by what many of us take for granted. Throw a dark wizard or two at him, and he's in his element. Give him a family, and he has to deal with his own childhood experiences and realize that his children won't react the way he did. As for my username, my surname is Fee, and my dad's nickname was Fump, as in Fee-Fi-Fo-Fum. He passed away 11 years ago, and it's just my little way of remembering him, because he taught me to love reading, which led in turn to my love of writing. He never got to read the Harry Potter books, but I think he would have enjoyed them, once I persuaded him to ignore the fact that they were ostensibly children's books. For the record... Chocolate and ginger together is made of awesome. Emma.